Watch the update required podcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST on YouTube. Yo, what's up, everybody? Fornitron here. It's Jay Retro. How you doing? <laughs> and you're watching the update required podcast. Every time <laughs> I throw something in the middle there, it really throws James off. It, like, it makes me laugh because you're just like, how's it going? And it's just how's like, it, how's it going? It just feels so sultry, and I'm just like, how is it going? <laughs> good question. Hey, how's it going how's out there going? in YouTube land? You know? yeah. Feeling good? Feeling good? You having a good night? Right. <laughs> having, having a good time, everybody? That's right. What's Feeling up, buddy? Saucy. How the hell are you today? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I got a little bit of a sore throat going on, but you know we're toughing it out. I got some hot coffee on the go, so that's always, you know, it soothes. It's got some hot coffee, everybody. Soothing, soothing. I know I'm supposed to drink tea with like lemon or ginger or something actually healthy, but I just I just drink coffee when I have a sore throat because I like coffee. So yeah, nuts to that, nuts to that, <laughs> nuts to that. Um, <laughs> other than that, man, life's pretty good. Uh, bit of a hectic day at work, uh, but yeah, had a fun fun couple days off work before that. So been good how you been doing man what are you being all about doing all right man uh busy week for me as well and then today i had a chance to get down and play some games and you'll be proud of me i okay i i texted jay this earlier i think yesterday and i have completely repurchased all of the from software games for my hot yes. gamer girl pc so i've done that already and i of course i've played Sick. those but um I was like, okay, let's 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 fucking dip our toes into some PC gaming shit here. And I downloaded Doom Eternal off Game Pass, and then I wanted to I wanted to experience the keyboard mouse experience with like a shooter. And uh holy shit, it is so much better for aiming and shooting, but goddamn, like you're doing like 18 different things with your left hand. I thought it was WASD and that's it. But it's like <laughs> Like you're fucking hack, hacking a Gibson, doing a bunch of shit. You got Spider Hand, and you know, I was well, just—that's why you got to get the the gamer mouse with at least a couple buttons. Like, do you have some side buttons at least? Yeah, I got some buttons? side buttons. I have the Logitech yeah. MX Master. Yeah, that's what I I have the the Logitech something G something. But yeah. you got to have some side buttons. So like you know, start remapping some keys. Yo, let's, let's give a shout out there, to the right? Swordman. What's up? Happy uh, Swordman, Swordman in the chat. I was like. Yo, what's up, brother? How you doing? Um, but yeah, man, like just remap a couple of your things to the side buttons. I'll always put like uh, whatever the melee attack is. I like to have on one of my side. Yeah, yeah. I hit him with your rival, and then probably my grenades is another one I'll often have on there. That's a good or if call. you're playing a, a, an online game, a lot of people like to have like the push to talk on there. If you're one of those people that push to talks, mm. I really only ever play in a party with people that I actually know. So yeah. I just leave my mic open and there's like a mute button on the side of our microphone anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, and like even my headset has like a little mute button if I'm lo- using like the little boom mic on Xbox. So I just utilize that. I'm not a, I'm not a push to talker. Yeah. But I know some people like to have that there, but I've, I find like melee and grenade are a couple of really useful ones to that, move over to the mouse. That sounds like some key shit because like, yeah, like I was like, holy shit, this is a lot for the left hand to get used to. You know what? Yeah, I want right. to, okay. First off, let's give a shout out to our channel sponsor, Five Fine Microphones for the fucking sick microphones that they gave to us uh, for the podcast. You're listening to them right now. They're a complete 
uh, spiritual successor or spiritual inspiration of the Shure SM7B. Uh, great, affordable microphones. Love them. One thing that I do want to say, though, uh, about Bethesda, it's fucking dumb. It's fucking dumb as shit that you have to log into your Bethesda account before you can even play the game. I was like, let's play this shit. It's down. It's ready to go. And then it was like, it kind of glitched out. And then I was like, what the fuck's going on? I was like, oh, it wants me to log into my Bethesda account. I was like, God, now I got to remember what that shit was. That's just a Bethesda thing. Like, I feel like that's like so many PC games will want you to do that. Um, It was the first one that I've encountered. So if that's the norm, then okay. Well, I'm just I I do. I feel it's increasingly the norm for stuff like that. Like when I wanted to play Cyberpunk, I'm pretty sure I had to make a CD Projekt Red account and sign into it before it would even let me play the game. It's that's it's very common. Um, and it's one of those things where like when you're on uh, a console, you're signed into the account the whole time. So you don't think about it because like you just make your Microsoft account and then it's linked to the Xbox. And every time you log in, you're just in that account. But of course, one of the beauties of the PC is you have all these different, you know, game stores and, and game developers and stuff to access content from, but then that necessitates many accounts. Right. So I think yeah. it's unfortunately just one of the kind of uh, Achilles heels of PC gaming to some degree. Yeah. But, they can't just like tap into the steam networker. You know, what's weird though, is that like I'm playing that off the of Xbox game pass. <clears throat> so like you think they would just tap into my Xbox account, but I guess like the oh, game, yeah. that's, the people that's who funny. make the game, they're probably pulling some some data from you, and they're probably like your progression, um, like how many deaths you're encountering, like things, little back end shit like that that they can see, and that's probably where they want you to log in. But I, I was, yeah. but I was just like, God, that's lame. It okay, people. This is a first word problem. Mm. Like it literally took me like obviously yeah. maybe two minutes to like go look at my passwords on my iPhone and be like, okay, it was just this good done deal. But um. Yeah, no, being able to aim with a mouse over a controller, way better. Way, 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 way better. Way better. Night and day. Night and day. And that's that's a huge part of why I have a gaming PC is someone that really likes shooters. And I just, you know, even with the Series X being right there and in theory more powerful than the gaming PC I have, I still tend to play shooters on the laptop because I'm just like, no, I just I want that mouse and keyboard experience. Uh, yeah, it's just the best way to immerse yourself in a first-person shooter for sure. In my Playability opinion. wins again, man. Like it's just like, yeah, it's just like that's how you get. That's how that's how J Retro gets his W's, people. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it's true too. Because like I was not out there getting 13 kills in Fortnite games on a controller. Like that was just not happening. Yeah, and I do think that to some degree Fortnite got a little easier along the run as well. But definitely the switch to mouse and keyboard had like an exponential effect on just how how efficient and effective I can be at that game. Uh, I I don't think I would ever play a competitive online shooter of any kind on a controller like ever again. Yeah, probably. no, <laughs> like, it's too, yeah, it's no, too it's, hard unless you're like fucking slick dick and you're just like, look how good I am that I'm going to handicap myself on purpose and use a controller. It's like, cool, like you should definitely be using 
your mouse and keyboard. Uh, the Swordman has a really good point, and I even remember this from playing fucking Diablo three back in the day. You had to make a battle battle net account, yeah. and then you had Starcraft to was the same. Yeah. yeah, and like Warcraft and Starcraft, like all the all those games were like that. So yeah, it's I guess they're that's been Bethesda's model for a long time, right? Yeah, that that's just a normal thing. Um, have you been up to like what have you been gaming uh, on the last week? Have you been getting up to any gaming? Have you had a chance? I. Uh, I have dipped a little bit more into cyberpunk and I played some Fortnite again, which was good because I didn't play any Fortnite for like weeks. Like I barely played any of this season and I actually had a really funny occurrence, which was that I played a game like two weeks ago and I won. So then Fortnite has this thing now where when you win, you get like a crown and you carry that crown into the next game and then people can steal it from you if they kill you and uh, whatever you get more points for getting a crowned win. So it's like cool if you get wins back to back is the point. So I won this game and I didn't play for two weeks. And then I logged on and I was like, okay, I'm going to play some Fortnite. And then I like went and won another solos game. And then my buddy Yuri came online and I was like, well, well, let's play a duos game. And then we won that game. So I was like, well, technically I won three games back to back, even though one of them was two weeks ago. So it still counted. (laughs) Hey, a win's a win, buddy. Like this. That's right. W's three in a row, baby. And it was hilarious. Like me and Yuri got, I think, 15 kills in that second game, but I got 13 of them. Like not to flex. It was just a funny (laughs) thing to watch happen (laughs) before my eyes. Not to just, but it was was a fucking hilarious thing to watch occur. Because I was just like, how how are we both shooting at all of these guys, but I'm killing all of them? Yeah, I don't. Are you a stormtrooper? What's you're just like you're getting like the final shot, and your buddy's just losing his shit. He's like, "You're a scab. You're a scab." No, like Fortnite actually like prevents that. So a lot of them would be like, if he gets the final shot, but I've got done more of the damage, it'll give me the kill. So Fortnite actually thinks that out, which I appreciate. So that's cool. If I like nuke you with a grenade and you're running around with five health, and Yuri shoots you in the kneecap, he's not going to steal that from (laughs) you. Like. I'm glad for that, actually. Yeah. So thanks to thanks to Epic Games for that. That's pretty. Yeah, that's about all I gamed on uh, recently. I've been uh, immersing myself in uh, rewatching Moon Knight for the second time, and then uh, yeah, watching like all the old Michael Keaton Batman movies right now. Nice. I thought I thought you finished all those. That's crazy. Well, because um, no, I watched, I was watching the Adam West show uh, and then the Dark Knight trilogy. There's a lot of Batmans in the world for me to to put myself through. So, oh yeah, like that's like you could devote like a whole weekend to that. Like if you just like did them back to back to back to back, probably longer. Oh, yeah, like just, if you did on the just TV the movies series alone, yeah, because um, yeah, with the TV series, if you add animated series, there's been like four different Batman cartoons. There's ones I haven't even watched, so it gets kind of ridiculous. Um, one I forgot about too, because I saw one where they were just listing every Batman feature film and they included mask of the phantasm. And I was like, well, it's an animated one. Like, but then I was like, why would you include that? And not all these other DC animated movies. But then I was like, ah, mask of the phantasm got a theatrical release. I was just going to say that one got a theatrical release. I remember, I remember the the hype for that movie. It was huge, and it was because it came out after Batman and Robin, which was a stinking piece of garbage. Mm. So, like, about one year or less than a year later, they that was part of why I think Phantasm got a theatrical release, was because Batman and Robin had underperformed so poorly, and they were like, this is actually really good. If we put it in theaters, maybe people won't, like, lose all respect for Batman as a character, <laughs> like... As, we still uh, care about Batman. Here that. you go. Here's a, here's a good movie, we promise. Oh. 
honestly, I think it was like sort of a fan service thing just to be like, we swear uh, we won't cast George Clooney again. Uh, (laughs) Here's uh, Luke Skywalker as the Joker. Please forgive (laughs) us. You know what? Before we get into the news today, I think I just want to jump into the segment here. I had a lot of fun the last time, and I think you did too. Let's go to some What Would You Rather. I love having fun. Oh, yeah. Lay it on me. Yeah, that was the best part of last week. All right. Do you got it up on your screen in front of you? Yeah, I can. So do you want me to just, we're going to delay reaction? Yeah, like I'll, I'll yeah, speak about yeah. as they come out, but you can look at them for reference. Okay. So I guess it's not as important as the wheel. All right, let's lay, lay them on me. Lay okay, on me. so what would you rather, everybody? We try to make it uh, safe for work. Maybe sometimes we get, we draw, we go, we dance on the line a little bit. A little, <laughs> little risque. But, but no, this isn't, this isn't a gross, you're drunk with your friends who work in the kitchen. Would yeah. you rather? Okay. Yeah. This isn't yeah. the kind of shit that Derek talks about in the kitchen. <laughs> when he's in when he's in the deep freeze and you just go in there to get some lettuce because they're out of yeah. lettuce online and he's like, Hey man, would you rather your mom and I don't need to say the rest, yeah. Derek, you're gross. Derek, gross, you're gross. Derek. You're gross, Derek, and you're never gonna get a girlfriend like that. Or or boyfriend, okay? You're gross. Yeah, whatever your flavor is, that's not important in this discussion. And you know what, Derek? You're done. You're done. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you're done. Okay. <laughs> First, what would you rather? Would you rather the Star Wars prequel trilogy be the only Star Wars trilogy? trilogy. Sequel trilogy. Pardon me. Sequel trilogy. Disney Star Wars be the only Star Wars that exists or the Hobbit trilogy be the only Lord of the Rings era trilogy that exists? Oh, fuck. That's a really good one, dude. Yeah, wow. I, I stepped it up That's, this week. Wow, you know me. Um, ooh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with, I would rather the Hobbit motion picture trilogy be the only one that exists. And and this is a really tough one because I saw the Lord of the Rings movies. Like, I think I went to see Fellowship like seven times in theaters. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Tolkien as a kid. I read the book over and over again. I didn't really grew up with Harry Potter too old for that yeah <laughs> like i've watched all the movies and shit but like when i was a kid it was like the hobbit and lord of the rings or you liked narnia it was kind of one or the other and so yeah. for me it was the hobbit i re- like i have a paperback cover of the hobbit where the cover's actually falling off of it and i've like scotch taped it back on i really like these books uh but i also grew up like completely obsessed with star wars owning all the toys going to all of those movies a bunch of times and especially when they re-released the originals in theaters for the special editions i went yeah like seven or eight times to all of them for sure um and it's tough here as well and another reason this is a tough decision i just want to put out there is because i'm not as big of a detractor as either of these particular parts of the franchise as most mega fans are uh, I acknowledge that like the Hobbit motion picture trilogy is not nearly as good as the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but I definitely don't think it's hot, hot trash. And I also don't think that everything Disney did was hot, hot trash. Um, even that, like, I think ironically, the actual numbered sequel trilogy is probably the worst thing they did. Cause like rogue one was brilliant. The solo movie was actually pretty good. All of the Disney plus shows have been great. Um, and like the sequel trilogy started so strong seven was really good and then it like really dipped with eight and then nine was like i felt like nine was a lot of damage control to like figure out like what do we do because they really dropped the ball with eight um but i 
hate the whole thing. And I think it has some really cool iconic moments. I have a Kylo Ren bobblehead on my desk at work. So like, there's definitely things that I like there. Oscar Isaac's always going to be my man, Mm -hmm. but I can't let those original movies go. Uh, I grew up with them and the Lord of the Rings trilogy, as much as I saw it in theaters so many times, it came out when I was in like high school. Whereas like the star Wars movies were rooted with me in my youth. Right. So I feel like giving up the star Wars movies would be almost as hard as me giving up like the Lord of the Rings book or something. Right. Cause those are really rooted in my youth. So I'm going to go, we keep all of star Wars and we lose the Lord of the Rings trilogy. We only have the Hobbit trilogy and we have to deal with the Amazon TV show, I guess. <laughs> no, either I, way. No, no, no. I think I agree with you because of that exactly. Because yeah. then, yeah, we lose out on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which is a masterpiece. But yes. we're not going to get this bullshit Amazon series that I'm t- I'm saying right now. It's going to fucking tank. It's going to be terrible. I just I'm calling it right now. It's going to have some parts that are like that was pretty cool, but like yeah. it's going to be beating us over the head with some bullshit that we're not going to like. It's going to be Halo. Like the the Paramount Halo series all oh, over again. Buckle right? up, we got we because, got we got more here. <laughs> oh, dude, because because both of them that's like literally have both gone on record like being like, oh, we wanted to do our own thing. Yeah, right. Like the Lord of the Rings people were like, we specifically picked this period of time in Middle Earth because Tolkien hadn't written much yeah. about it, and I was like, oh, now I hate you. Yeah, that's absolutely we terrible pictures of of what the source material was we didn't read any of the excerpts under them we just looked at the pictures and we're like we got this all right yeah, ne- that's some ne- cool looking armor let's <laughs> make one. a space show what would you rather lay it on me <laughs> lay it on me the halo tv series <clears throat> oh fuck or <laughs> Like you can watch nothing but the Halo TV series or and you that, have to- for the record, just before you go further, that is the face one makes while watching the Halo TV series <laughs> is Master Chief. I guess I'll call him space yeah. there. Oh, OK. Or, All right. Or you have to watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation for the rest of your life. Like it's the only movie that exists. Yeah. So, so either the Halo series, you get a yeah. few episodes. So you get I don't know, you get some stuff. If they keep it going for multiple seasons, do I get all the seasons of the shitty Halo TV series? Of course, yes. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go shitty Halo TV series. Yeah, (laughs) I would. Uh, And I don't. I don't. Once again, I'm not as big of a detractor as Annihilation as a lot of people would be because it came out at an age where I was just like, cool, more more Mortal Kombat characters fighting on a screen. You know, like I rented it a number of times as a kid. I think I was in the seventh grade or just going into the seventh grade. And I, I was like, yeah, this is hilariously awesome. I still, yeah. I, I remember liking it. Like I never <laughs> once was like, I was like, yeah, some stuff. I, I remember being like, it kind of looks not that great, but I was just like, exactly the same. I was like, Mortal Kombat. I was like, fuck yeah. That. that was, you knew the budget wasn't as good. Yeah. You knew even as a kid that we had recast a bunch of characters or killed them off in the first five minutes of the movie to avoid having to recast them with certain ones. Yeah. And you still were just like, I don't know if you were like me, every time a new character came on that wasn't in the first movie, I was just like, oh, Cyrax now. Like I was just like, yeah. cool. Now I get to see this other character from the the games that I like on a screen doing cool fight stuff. And like when you're 12, that's all you give a shit about. Yeah. You're like, you're like, I don't care that the acting is really, really bad. (laughs) 
and the script is terrible and yeah. you can tell like so much of it is poorly green screened because they don't have money to shoot on locations yeah. and like it's just yeah it's bad in almost every conceivable way but yeah. it, it's bad fun in the way that like i don't know pro wrestling is and i love pro wrestling <laughs> so i don't i don't hate mortal kombat annihilation i would that, i would keep it if i could neither do i update required podcast going on record saying mortal kombat annihilation not that bad not that not bad. that bad not okay. that bad you heard it here first guys good time that's a good time it's a good romp and uh yeah would recommend <laughs> we should we should put that uh on record and send it off to the director of the new movie i did read a headline today where it was like the director of mortal kombat 2 is trying to learn from the failures of the last uh one that they just did with this new relaunch and he said that he has to learn to embrace the craziness well if you want to look at a movie that embraced the crazy zaniness of its source material just go watch mortal kombat annihilation it literally is written like a super nintendo game yeah it's perfect i haven't even <laughs> watched the most recent one but we'll get into that another time uh okay me neither me we'll, neither we should watch that and then we should give it a review uh okay next one what would you rather you have to play all you have to do all of your gaming off of a dis not necessarily your cell phone but off of the display that's the size of your phone so mm. even when you're gaming at home like you got to have a display that's this big like on your tabletop or like on your desk that's how my monitor is just really small yeah yes that's all your gaming or anytime you game you have to game on a jumbotron with a full audience uh i'm gonna go cell phone size screen yeah, <laughs> yeah like um yeah like you're interrupting. Glasses, yeah i like i like having the game close to my face anyway which yeah. is why i play on a monitor and like i like gaming on my switch and so i think i could just do handheld mode pretty much 100 percent of the time even at home and be okay with it but like what really tilted the scales here for the record was the audience yeah because like <laughs> I already get tilted enough at video games sometimes when I'm the only one there to see myself fucking up. Mm. I can't even imagine how embarrassed I would get in front of a like full theater of fucking 500 people or some shit. Just be like, fucking boss and doom eternal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like they're not there to see you play too. You're interrupting some event to game. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the middle of this Italian silent film festival. Yeah, and they're like, they're just like, ladies and gentlemen, we are very sorry, but at this time we must welcome to the theater Jay Smitka, who will play for you some Halo Infinite multiplayer. Yeah, we're very sorry. A scheduled film will be shown later tonight after Jay falls asleep. <laughs> he normally only plays for two hours on a work night. Yeah. So uh, yeah like it i paid is, for these seats it is a weekday so he won't he does not have the enthusiasm to last that long uh as he gets older <laughs> the stamina runs out quicker so uh, why do i feel like we're talking about a different area <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay okay i, I agree with you. and then also too it, we're not playing like cloud gaming or any of that shit. It's magic. So like you are playing on a screen that size and it's instant. There's no lag. It's just exactly like it is. But on your normal setup, it's just your screen is that big. Um, yeah. OK, let's continue. Yeah. OK, next. What would you rather? Yeah. Listen to me talk about nothing but Dark Souls 
for Ooh. a full week or <laughs> one week one week or okay. live with all of your exes in one apartment for an entire year easily dark souls for a week <laughs> um i don't even think that that one's that tough i don't even think that would be that bad like typically even if something's not my thing i just enjoy listening to people that i care about talk about shit they're passionate about Good answer. Right? So, like, I, I remember working with a girl who really liked curling. I don't give a fuck about curling, but I liked that girl. She was cool. She was a good friend. And so I'd be like, hey, how was your curling tournament? Tell me all the details, right? Like, I just, and because she'd get all hyped and she'd be like, oh, I was sick. We did this. And like, we won the bond spiel. You're just happy for them that they're happy. You know? Okay, okay. Let's, let's, let's change these rules up a little bit more. So, okay. <laughs> listen to me talk about nothing but Souls games for an entire month. Like, that's, that's all every waking moment of your day. You have to listen to me talk about that. And yeah. I don't give you a space to jump in and like, kind of derail the conversation or, talk, or even like hint at anything else i constantly like just shut you down and go shut up sh shut up for zen shut up for zen dark souls 3 and then just keep doing that yeah. or <clears throat> you live with all of your exes for a week i i feel like i would still take the month of dark souls <laughs> uh and i think i think one of the main key factors here that's is a that win you for might dark be, souls everybody i was saying a it's a win for dark souls it's a real loss for the women i've dated i think that you're probably really underestimating quite how awful some of my ex-girlfriends are <laughs> and uh that was quite the plan. How, that was quite the plan. how poorly uh some of those relationships ended so yeah i don't i don't want to see some of those people for 10 <laughs> minutes of my life let yeah. alone a week and i'm not yeah. even just talking like recently i'm talking all of them right and, like yeah. i'm like no no <laughs> I don't I don't and want that all and there to gang up on you <laughs> and I don't wish them any ill will. I hope yeah. they're thriving, thriving and surviving in their own lanes. I just don't want them in my house. And I would rather listen to James Yammeron about Dark Souls. Yeah. Hey, That's all uh, the update required podcast would like to put it on record that we are pro women and we are pro exes. And again, we don't wish you any ill harm. We hope you're yassing all day, every day. And <laughs> <laughs> we wish nothing but a hot girl summer for you. And yeah, just, yes, queen it up. Yeah, yes, just, queen yeah. it up. Like you can have your hot girl summer. Yeah, absolutely. You're we killing. You're killing it at your new office. That. Yeah, you're killing it at your new office job. Like we're happy for you. <laughs> yeah, we get it. You're not a secretary. You're an assistant, and we're proud of you for it. Yeah, and just like do your thing, right? But we're just saying that, like, just don't come over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ever. Let's ever. Let's keep this going. <laughs> okay. What would you rather? Halo Two. <laughs> Or Call of Duty Black Ops. Okay, I wanna I wanna reiterate here. So I didn't know which, which one. Black Ops. Which one? I, okay, so I picked Halo Two because I think that's your favorite Halo. So your favorite Halo yeah. game, Halo or 2. your favorite Call of Duty game? Call of Duty Black Ops Two, I would say. Okay, so um, Call of Duty Black Ops Two yeah. or Halo Two. Um, I'm gonna go Halo Two. I'm going to go Halo 2. Deeper rooted. I think once again, it's like similar to the Hobbit Star Wars question where I'm just like, I grew up more with Halo 2. I played it earlier in my life. I love Black Ops 2 a lot. I remember when I played it being like, man, I haven't been this emotionally invested in a shooter campaign in so long. And that was what stuck out to me. 
Um, but like, yeah, Halo always got me very emotionally invested in the campaign. And also, I think Halo 2 has the edge just due to the soundtrack alone. Ah. And Joe Satriani playing guitar in this game. Like, come on. Satriani just shredding the Halo theme. Just yes. fucking shredding your eyebrows off. Okay. Sweet. Yes. All right. Cool, cool, cool. What would you rather? <laughs> NBA 2K22. This is probably going to be an easy one for you. Or NHL 22. <clears throat> That's actually quite difficult. Um, wow. My answer might shock you. Uh, so NBA 2K22 for me is primarily a single player experience mm-hmm. uh, because not many of my other friends give a shit about basketball. I love the hell out of basketball, but most people in Canada aren't like me. Um, so there's less friends that want to play that with me. Whereas like practically 90% of the people I know that play video games play NHL every year. It's just crazy how popular that franchise has been, especially in Canada. Right. So I grew up playing NHL more, Uh, even though I played basketball in real life and I didn't play hockey. Uh, But like 2K, I bury myself in really, really hard every year as a single player thing. NHL is one of the main games that rotates in with my friends and something we play online all the time. I would choose NHL because for me... That's what I thought you'd pick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like It's it's funny because to me, I would say right now I actually prefer watching basketball to watching hockey. I care more about the Raptors practically than any other sports friend i love the shit out of basketball and nba 2k22 is like one of my top games to play by myself uh when it's like a saturday and i'm like Mm. i'm just gonna bury myself in something for a few hours i love to just jump into my career and just grind nba games but yeah like i just love playing games with my friends too like quite a lot and that's become more and more an important part of just my gaming experience, especially over the past, like, I would say seven or eight years of my life. I didn't used to do a lot of multiplayer and like online with people. But yeah, I just kind of ended up in a friend circle where like we all own the new Xbox and we all play NHL. So, yeah, Very I would nice. keep it for, for the boys. Very nice. For the boys. For the boys. All right. What would you rather you get your Xbox Game Pass Ultimate paid for forever. You never have to pay for that again for the rest of your life. Or you get all of the streaming services paid for for the rest of your life. What would you rather? Streaming services, for sure. Um, it's I would, I would go with all the streaming services because I feel like you'd save more money, period. And I watch a lot of stuff. Uh, as well as play a lot of games. And it's like, if I was only paying the, like, even if I didn't get the yearly pass, you know, I paid like, what is it? 15 bucks for ultimate a month in Canada, 16, 17. I don't know. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But if you add up like Disney plus and Netflix and prime and crave, and then if you want to add the HBO package and you want to get to this, it's like freaking, it's more expensive than cable now. That's it's like 150. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's disgusting. So like right now I only have prime video. Uh, and then like, you know, I just like buy other movies I care about or like, you know, get totally legal digital copies. <laughs> yeah. Digital downloads. I gotta, like, yeah. Yeah, I gotta put this on pause for a second here. Cause I gotta tell you, I bitched out <clears throat> and one of my new favorite comedians put out a new special on Netflix 
So mm. I had to re-enable my Netflix subscription. But I paid for the bullshit cheap tier that doesn't even give you HD. Like, I was going to say it's like standard definition video. Yeah. And what does looks, that cost a month? I think it was still, I found a coupon for it and it was six bucks. But like. Wow. But I paid $6 and it looks like dog shit. <clears throat> it like, even on my, te- like, because I have a 4K display and I have a 1080p display. And they're both yeah. 32 inches, and it looks like dog shit on the 1080p, and it's just, like, brutal. Which is funny, because, like, when I take, I've realized this recently, like, I've been watching everything off my 1S, because I have no other real purpose for my 1S anymore, so it's just yeah. plugged into my living room TV, and I use it mainly as, like, a streaming box, and to, like, play Blu-rays off of and stuff, and I was like, when I put a dvd not a blu-ray but an original 480p dvd of adam west batman into that xbox and it's running at like a 4k resolution so it's upscaling it it looks crisp as fuck yeah like you would think you would think it was a blu-ray like it looks like it's at least 1080p like it looks so nice and i was like wow like this is just such a nice experience and in theory the same thing should happen there because you're watching 480p content on a resolution of a monitor that's going to like naturally upscale that video. So it's actually really hilarious to me that it looks like that bad. Yeah, because it, it's it's not the same because it's like it's like, yeah, it's 480p, <clears throat> but it's kind of like a shitty compressed degraded 480p to on purpose look like garbage to make you uh, to upsell you to get to the one of the other tiers whereas like a dvd still looks good on the proper television but when you put it in a modern console and it does like all of its like new technology upscaling it's gonna look great like it's gonna look awesome um because it's still like the full quality like raw video file that's just being upscaled but yeah netflix knows what they're doing and it looks like shit and i'm just like touche and i'm like well i'm only paying the six dollars to watch this one special and then i still am i it's not renewing no it's not worth it man all right that was a dumb question because yeah like it's only 14 dollars a month versus a hundred dollars a month played myself I, I i think i think it would be not a dumb question if you were somebody who you were like i only give a shit about video games i barely watch anything like my buddy ben is an example like he watches sports so if you told him you were going to pay for his sports net subscription or something then it would be a tough question but if you were just like netflix and crave and stuff he'd probably be like i don't, I don't really fucking care i barely watch anything anyways because he's always either watching sports or playing video games that's a right? very good point there are people but, out there who like right? who don't like movies like they're just like eh, yeah i don't give a shit it about weirded movies. me out when i met ben that he felt that way and like it's not like he doesn't like any movies you know like he has his like handful of movies or handful yeah. of shows that he's cared about over the years but it's just not something he does on a on like the regular basis that most people watch television basically or yeah. watch movies whereas like you know like for me it's definitely like almost a 50 50 split where i'm like very passionate about both mediums i love the shit out of video games but i was always going to the store renting vhs's as a kid and watching lots of movies right so the swordman makes a good point netflix still has shows like baki which is pretty good you watch a lot a lot of anime though and i i've heard from a few people correct me if i'm wrong that the anime selection on netflix is actually pretty decent 
So I've heard that too from people that care about anime. Yeah. I myself am not an anime guy. That's Same. not slander against anime or the anime community. Yeah. It's just not my flavor of ice cream. I, like, need- I have heard from people that love it. Yeah, I, I literally we need shirts that are just like I don't read anime, but I'm glad that you do. Or yeah, or right? like because I was like, gonna say, I need a scene in OBS that's like our disclaimer scene, and it's just us being like, <laughs> we're not throwing shit at the at the anime community or There's like a scroll along the bottom of the screen. Yeah, or the update required podcast does not intend to slander the anime community. The yeah, yeah, uh, it is very yeah. decent. Says the sword <clears throat> So yeah, we're not like I'm not slandering that shit. I'm happy for you. I just. I don't know. Yeah. I just I I thought I would be, but I'm just not into it. I was, okay, not into when it. When I was at Comic Con, I was talking to a guy about this because there was a lot of people cosplaying as anime characters, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's a very impressive costume." I don't know what the fuck they're supposed to be, but it's a very impressive costume. And like we were kind of around the same age, right? Like I'm 35. He seemed like he was kind of around my age, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, like." It just wasn't really a big thing growing up. Like there was the occasional manga or anime that made its way into popular culture, like Dragon Ball or something. Um, but the real or like Sailor Moon, but the real anime and manga boom over here, I would say it didn't really start till Pokemon. And like when Pokemon came out, I was already in like grade seven. So like at that age, you're already kind of starting to like get away from watching stuff like Pokemon and get yeah. into like nirvana and skateboarding and smoking pot behind the school or whatever else teenage miscreants do so it was like i caught just the breath of it exploding basically and i feel like if i'd grown up with like there being seven different anime shows on during saturday morning kids cartoons and stuff like most kids do now where it's just like practically every cartoon is anime or an American company styling their stuff like anime because that look is just so hot these days that I probably would be mad into it because I liked comic books and I liked nerdy shit like Lord of the Rings, so I probably would have loved anime, right? But I just never grew up with it. It just wasn't really there as much. So I've always had this, this thing with it, yeah, where I'm just like, it's a subset of nerd culture that is just one of the rare aspects of nerd culture that I'm not immersed in because I like practically everything nerdy. Yeah. Uh, But I respect it because I'm such a nerd for all this other stuff. So I'm like, I can't have like framed photos of Batman on my wall and then make fun of you for liking anime. Like I'd be a giant pud. Totally. Like I like, I'll respect it for like it's artwork and like, Some of the story seems pretty cool, but like I, I'll just like watch it, and I'll just like in my head, it's like, like I just like, I'm like, no, I can't get into it. Sorry. All right, monkeys on typewriters. What would you rather? The Donkey Kong Country original soundtrack. Yeah. Or Mega Man Two original soundtrack. Oh. Okay, so I played way more Donkey Kong Country. Mm -hmm. It was one of the first two games that was given to me with my Super Nintendo for Christmas on the year that Santa gave me a Super Nintendo for Christmas. Shout outs to Santa (laughs) or, you know, whoever else might have contributed. It was obviously just Santa and the elves. Um, So that one, like kind of more part of my youth for sure. I love that console, grew up with it. Mega Man 2, played it a few times as a kid. Definitely rented it back in the day, uh, but never owned it. 
And yet, I'm going to go Mega Man 2. There's something about the Mega Man 2 soundtrack. Like, I, there's been numerous times where I had heard music in the background of, like, some random retro gaming video on YouTube, and they're just, like, using a clip of one of the songs from Mega Man 2 in the background. is just, like, background noise, and I'll be like, what is this? This fucking slaps. And then I'll be like, oh, this is Mega Man 2. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's so good. I think it might be, I think the best, maybe two chiptune soundtracks of all time specifically so stuff yeah. from like the 16-bit era or earlier would be to me Mega Man 2 and streets of rage 2 are both really high up there uh if you put streets of rage in here that would have been a really really hard challenge as well uh Swordman Super- asks he goes is that the one with dr wiley's castle theme right and it's, yes it I, is i believe it is yes uh well, i would also say uh street fighter 2 some real classic chiptune bangers in there Sure. I was going to put Mega Man X because that's the Super Nintendo version. Mm. So two Super Nintendo games. But yeah. Mega Man <clears throat> 2 has a couple of fucking bangers on it. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I just feel like it was a good comparison. But I feel like the music in Mega Man 2 is better than Mega Man X, even though the Mega, like the Super Nintendo sound chip is better. And in theory, it can do better stuff. But I just think like those original tunes in Mega Man 2 just have this certain amazing nostalgic charm yeah right? like it's a, it's just the perfect 8-bit video game soundtrack but so like good. it's like you meant you write that you essentially write a masterpiece of music and then you're like where do we go from here <laughs> you're just like i don't know what to do and they're just like yeah I just, they got yeah. to mega man x and they were basically like how do we zazz up the mona lisa like we've yeah. already we've done the thing right so yeah absolutely man all right what would Mega you Man rather? Two. Zelda Ocarina of Time or Zelda Breath of the Wild? For me, this is a really easy one. So easily Breath of the Wild. Um, I'm not the largest Zelda nerd. I've always Zelda's weird. Zelda almost borders on anime for me in the sense that it's something that I was always like, respect the hell out of it. Totally get its place in gaming history get why it's a huge fucking deal never really played them as a kid like i didn't play uh link to the past till i was probably like 13 or 14 and i played it on a game boy advance right yeah. and when i went back and did that i was like oh this game's fucking incredible but literally the only two zelda games that i've ever really given a shit about are link to the past and breath of the wild i really enjoy both of them um i i don't know like i never really played ocarina time when it came out I don't know if it's just that, that I that tried to why, play yeah. it. I don't know if it's just that I tried to play it late. I don't know if it's that I tried to play it on a 2DS and I really didn't, you know, just jive with the controls. Maybe the controls would have worked better on an actual 64 controller. I don't know. I found Ocarina of Time to be a really unintuitive and semi-broken game, basically. Like, I was just like, wow, I can't believe that people put this up on a pedestal and compare it to Final Fantasy VII. But then a month later, I went and tried to play original Final Fantasy VII. And I was like, oh, these are just both games that really didn't age well, I think is what happened, right? So I think maybe if they did, like, uh, you know, a remake of Ocarina of Time like they did with Final Fantasy VII, and I played that, Maybe I'd be like, oh, this is like the greatest story ever. I totally get why people were so in love with this world. But those games both suffer from some real jank. Like we talked about last week, 
where those 16-bit era games like your Donkey Kong countries and your Mega Mans and stuff actually translate better today than playing stuff like Ocarina of Time and Final Fantasy VII when they were like just trying to figure out how to make a 3D game work. Yeah, because it it just comes off as a shitty, janky version of what we have now. I'm, I'm just playing that being like, why the fuck wouldn't I just go play Breath of the Wild? It's like the same idea. And it's a million times better in every way. Whereas <laughs> when I play Link to the Past, that has its own like nostalgic charm. And I yeah. can just appreciate that art style more and stuff. Still. I think we talked about this last week. It's because games are yeah. still doing that 16 bit shit today. Like they're still making modern games like that. I think a big part of your decision was also, I forgot that you didn't have, you had a PlayStation. You didn't have the Nintendo 64. 100%. So, yeah. So you Absolutely. didn't play this when it came out. Like for me, like I have such nostalgic memories for Ocarina of Time and I love that game. And I'm sure I have played it in recent years and I'll like speed run through it and I still love it. Um, like I agree with your statement there, like with Final Fantasy 7. Final Fantasy 7, I can't play unless I'm playing on like a good emulator that lets me up res it to 4k and like up the CPU to 400%. So like it plays at a stable 60 FPS and you can like speed through a bunch of the bullshit. Um, If I had to play it like on PS one hardware, I'd be like, this game is really showing its age. So (laughs) like in in modern years, like I, and it's funny because you talk about how like to a certain degree, you don't like hand holding in video games. Um, And for me, I like a certain amount of handholding, I guess, now because I'm being conditioned to by modern games. So you're just so used to having like the marker on your screen of where you're supposed to go or the next quest objective. That's just like, go talk to Bob at this pub or something that when I go back and I play shit like either Final Fantasy seven or Ocarina of Time. I'm just like, how did I not break my PlayStation in half as a fucking kid? Because I can't get through like two hours of that game without having to go check an internet walkthrough for a bunch of stuff. And as a kid, there were no internet walkthroughs. There was just like the $70 guide that your parents wouldn't buy you. So you just had to wait till somebody smarter than you or somebody with an older brother or some shit like new at school at recess and was like, oh, you have to go around this part or like I can come over after school and show you if you like freaking give me some tang or whatever. Some tang? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, my mom has some Rice Krispie Squares. Like, I'll give you Rice Krispie Squares if you show me how to beat this boss. Like, yeah, yeah, my cousin showed me how to do it. Like, that's what we suffered through. There were parts of Final Fantasy VII where I was stuck on, like, a part for, like, literally a month or more. Where I would come home every day after school and try to get past, like, a part and be, like, play it for 30 minutes and be like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to play my wrestling video game again. This is so frustrating. And, like, that was just life back then. I can't do that in my adult years, man. <laughs> like there's too many other games to play and I just want to beat games and like, just like have different fun gaming experiences and move on to the next thing most of the time. And like, for me, like that's always the, the rule of thumb of a modern game to me of whether it was well designed is like, do I need to constantly go on YouTube or Google to figure out how to get through even 45 minutes of your game? Because if I do, that's a shitty fucking game. Yeah. Basically bad level design. Uh, Like for me personally, it's so funny that you bring that up. Like I, 
I remember figuring a lot out on my own for Ocarina of Time, but I do vividly recall like talking about it with friends at school and like being like, oh, where are you? And like, oh, yeah, I remember that part. Da, 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 da. And then being like, oh, I didn't know where to go. And then like, you just go here. And then you're just like, I cannot focus on anything at school because all I'm thinking about is that little nugget of information that I got. <clears throat> I'm going to go home and try that out. Uh, sort of brings up yeah. uh, Wind Waker was the one that he got into. I remember that one was kind of what we talked about. That one came out on the GameCube and my friend had a GameCube. I had a PS2. And at that time I was kind of like, mm, that game looks a little too kitty for me. And I was kind of over it. I remember I s- feeling that way about it too. Like I, I felt like uh, same with even Majora's mask. Like it looked a little too, I don't know. Like, yeah, like Donkey Kong country. It looked a little too kid themed for me. And and I was at that age around 13 where it was like that was part of what was starting to make PlayStation look like a cooler, more mature brand than Nintendo, right? Yeah. It was that a lot of their games were going for these kind of cartoony graphics. And then PlayStation was like, hey, like Barrett has a gun for an arm. And you were like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny about that, too, is it's like, again, I had a 64 when it came out. I played Legend of Zelda when it came out. And I feel like majora's mask came out like the year after or like two years after very soon after and even by then i was like eh not into it yeah and and apparently it uses a lot of the same it's like on the same game engine they use a lot of the same i think it is yeah yeah and then when i went back to play it i was like it fucking looks weird to me and i don't like it and i and like a lot of people like it's one of the best games i'm like i don't like it i don't care what you say you're done. <laughs> that was me with Ocarina of Time when I tried to play through it on the 2DS. Like, I think I got through like maybe three hours of it. And like, the, I, like I was having that experience where it was like every 20 minutes I'd have to go Google something again. And I just got to the point. I was like, no, I, I literally feel like I'm banging my head against the wall every time I play this game. And I'm basically forcing myself through it because I keep being like, everyone says it's so legendary and like, can I really be a real gamer if I've never played Ocarina of Time? And then one day I was like, yes, yes, I can. Ocarina <laughs> of Time, you're done. You're done. You're done. I want to play Wind Waker, and I and I know there's an HD remaster that came out for the Wii U, but I also have it emulated on my hot Gamer Girl PC for the GameCube version, so maybe I'll get, I'll try the Wii U one because it's it's been formatted for HD, but I don't know. We'll see. Okay, what would you rather? Go to a Skrillex concert. Okay. Or go to a Justin Bieber concert. I'm going to go Skrillex. <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind either of these artists as much as you would probably think I would. Uh I one time with one of my ex-girlfriends watched an entire live stream of a Justin Bieber concert earlier in the pandemic. And she was very shocked that I would do that for her. And I was like, yeah, like, whatever. You sat through Kiss. I don't know. Fuck. Music. He's all right. You would be a fucking liar if you couldn't admit either of these two didn't have some bangers. (laughs) Dude, like, Skrillex is kind of fucking dope. Like, Skrillex is sort of like the heavy metal of electronica music or something. So, like, as a metalhead, I feel like I could get down with that. It's just very like, just fucking going off. And I think, you know, if you got enough drinks in me, I could probably have a riot of a time at a Skrillex concert. I could have a riot of a time. A real riot of a time. You know who I'd love to see? Speaking of that is I'd love to see Dead Mouse. 
I don't listen to a lot of electronic music. I'd like to see Dead Mouse. I like Dead Mouse's jams, and he has that cool light up helmety thing. I just think it'd be a trippy, fun show. That I agree. Be fun. I think it'd be cool. All right, well, that was What Would You Rather for this week. I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, the Swordman or anyone else in the chat, feel free to throw in the chat if you want to put in your two cents as well. Like We we love reading that as well. But that was oh, just... Yeah. We want to know what you would rather as well. It's not yeah. all about us. Yeah, it's not all about us, you, you sillies. <laughs> this is your show too, guys. Yeah, you this guys could yass all you want. Like <laughs> and just, just yass it up. Yass, yass it up. up. Let's get into this first news topic here, and this is one I think you might think you know why I want to talk about it, but I don't know. Uh, Outriders has failed to turn a profit. People can fly confirms. So I read this and I saw it a lot on my Twitter feed. I still have a lot of people on there who are the whole Xbox versus PlayStation crew. And you know what? Good for them. Fighting their fight that they want to fight. I'm not into it. But I want to know before I get into it, what were your thoughts on this article? Uh, I definitely anticipated that, like, I know you'd said before, like, you know, like, is Game Pass bad for the success of games financially? Um, and it's funny, my my reaction when I first read the headline of this article is I was just like, yeah, because that game was forgettable as fuck. And I think that that is the main issue here. And I think it's like... I don't know, like, I'm, I'd be very curious to be like, you know, did MLB The Show 21 turn a profit? Like, it dropped on Game Pass Day 1. Like, I'd be very interested to compare this to a bunch of other games that dropped on Game Pass Day 1 and find out. And obviously, I don't have those numbers in front of me. But I remember being like, oh, cool, Outriders, like, Day 1. And I played it pretty heavily for, like, a couple of weeks. And so did everyone I knew. And then about two weeks in, everyone I knew just kind of forgot this game existed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there was anything really shitty about it. But I just remember playing it being like, this is a bunch of what I've experienced before. Like the gunplay and everything just felt a lot like Mass Effect. And Mass Effect already feels a lot like Gears of War. So if you had already played those two third-person cover-based shooters... um you'd kind of already played this one. And then like the the world wasn't nearly as interesting as mass effects world. So mass effect managed to just like rip off gears of wars gunplay, but be like, Oh, but it's also an RPG and it's a superbly written RPG. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I play this, I was just like, not superbly written, not nearly as interesting uh, just felt like a lot of kind of samey looking environments and samey looking enemies. Uh, and Mass Effect just has such a, a deeper variety to that world. Mass Effect is a world I would love to see done well, Paramount, well, as, <laughs> as a TV show or a movie. I think there you that, go. That Let's write them a script. Cool. Let's get on that. Yeah. Or yeah. like a comic book or something. Are there Mass Effect comic books? There, there fucking should be. There might should. be out there. Okay, so... This is my take on this. So on the let's yeah, get it. On let, let's let's sink these teeth in here. So okay, on the surface level, very cheap. I could just be like, see, I fucking told you so. Blah blah blah. Exactly that narrative. Like, uh, the Xbox Game Pass isn't good for games. Da 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 da. That's not what I got from this. So this is what I got from this. So Outriders, made by People Can Fly, who and they're a dev that's owned by Square Enix. So 
a lot of questions get raised up. So first of all, when this game was ready to launch, like Square Enix was like, this might be our next huge IP that like pushes us into like this next generation. And they were like all for it. And then the demo came out and there was a lot of mixed reviews from the demo and I played it. And again, I'm not a shooters guy, but I, I didn't like it. I'm not a fan of the genre of like the, what did you call it? Like, uh, cover fire third person cover fire third person cover based shooter is yeah. what i would not into it with. but again this game is not i'm not its demographic this is what is kind of shady to me i'm just like okay they didn't recruit their cost and usually a lot of other devs have said that when they put their game on xbox game pass microsoft is willing to cover the cost of their development right out the gate so Am I here to believe that Square Enix, who have been in the game since the 80s, fucking cut a raw deal where they weren't even able to get enough to cover their expenses? I'm like, am I to believe that they're that stupid? And it's like, or are they running some shady shit and they're not showing people can fly the real numbers and like they use that money to fund some other projects? It's like. Like, I just, I have a problem believing that they took a shit deal from Microsoft to, and then we're just like, yeah, it didn't even come close to covering the costs. I just don't believe that. I, I also find that challenging. I can see your issues there. The other thing that ties in with that that blows my mind is that they're releasing an expansion pack for this fucking game. Yeah. Like next month. So you didn't recoup costs on developing the game and then you went out and spent more money yeah. on that game. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not a fucking rocket scientist, but if a movie bombs in theaters, you don't go start working on a sequel. Yeah. Like what, the, what the fuck? Why or are you making more content or, or, like, yeah. or, or a spinoff or yeah. any, an action figure line that wasn't already out because no, it flopped. Like you just, you walk away yeah. and you work on your next creative venture. So that just blew my mind. I was like, this is just the most like puzzling article I think we've had on this podcast so far. Cause I agree. Like it raises so many questions. Like, yeah. like, yeah. And like you said, like Square Enix, like they're not, they're not new. Yeah. They're, they've been this around. This ain't their first rodeo. And yeah. it also made me think of the conversation we had last week where it was like, yeah, they sold off all of their Western studios. And yeah, they weren't doing that well, but they did have like some winners like Tomb Raider and like whatever. Um, and then is it like, were they dumping them off because they weren't as successful or were they dumping them off because they were mismanaging them? And I feel like this just shows the depth of the mismanagement going over at Square Enix. I so, think it's I think what's interesting about it too is that it shows that the mismanagement wasn't only going on with the North American IPs because this one is still Square Enix. This is yes. not one of the things that they sold off. Yeah. And so they themselves have not recouped the cost of developing it, poured more money into developing more content for said dumpster fire failure. Yeah. After going on record being like, this is our new white knight. Like yeah. this is the product that's going to carry our fucking company for the next 10 years. Here's your new final fantasy seven or whatever. 
And yeah, it actually, it does. It blows my mind. I agree. I think it speaks a lot about mismanagement going on within that organization. And uh, yeah, it's, it's sad to see companies like this fall. And I know that we always talk about these companies aren't your friends or just big corporations. They don't give a shit about you. And so, and that's true. Like Square Enix isn't going to come to my funeral, but you know, I grew up playing Square Enix games. And sometimes it is just sad to see these like big companies that were like a part of the gaming landscape start to fall apart. I hope that Square Enix holds up their fucking socks and figures out what to do over there. I really hope that, yeah, like axing off those studios allows them to consolidate because exactly you want to see a former titan come back as a giant and just like get like they they've clearly lost their way like they've just been milking final fantasy 7 for all it's worth for so long and a lot of their other games like haven't done as well like final fantasy 15 was a flop and it took forever to get that game kind of on track to where it where it needs to be and it's a lot better now um final fantasy 16 a lot of people are hyped up for that but i still feel like they've lost their way for quite some time but i concur i know a lot of people like took this as like a way to like jab at game pass and that's not what this is and i feel like game pass has its place i also agree that i think game pass like a lot of times studios will have these ips or they'll have these products that they know won't be smash blockbuster hits and then they'll cut a deal with microsoft and be like let's just cover our development costs put it on game pass day one and then that's all she wrote um and then you also have like the other side of it too like a good example to kind of the point that you made earlier is um it was like Odd World Soulstorm, which is a PS, which was like a PS5 launch, like a initial exclusive, like a timed release or a timed exclusive, and they released it on PlayStation Plus for free. And um, the developer of that game said that was devastating because like they didn't make as many sales because it was for free on PS Plus, and they had all these downloads on PS Plus, but like no one really bought the game. And I was like, yeah, because that game sucked. Is like it was like. It like it did a lot of cool things graphics wise, but it did like it wasn't a great game. It like I played it for like an hour and I was like, this game's shit. And like, yeah, I know I do that yeah, with a lot of games. It's, it's the Outriders effect though, for sure, man. Like that's yeah. that was my exact initial knee jerk reaction to this article before even like clicking on the link to read what was inside of it. I was just like, yeah, because that game was forgettable AF, and yeah. everybody moved on quickly. And so I don't think I don't I agree. I was like, this doesn't really you could still make valid criticisms about Game Pass and question whether it's a good business model. But like this game failing alone is definitely not like the trophy rack to hang your hat on. If that's the argument you're trying to make, because like I I just think this game would have flopped no matter how you released it. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Big time. Let's go on to this next topic here. This is one that you've predicted for so long. Uh, Xbox plans on launching a streaming device and Samsung app in the coming year. Uh, yeah, like that's so smart for them to do. Like they're pouring so much money yeah. into Game Pass, in the cloud, in the X Cloud. Why the fuck wouldn't they just make a little stick that you could plug into your TV and then boom, you're, you're, <clears throat> you're gaming, bruh. And then, yeah. yeah, partner with one of the biggest TV manufacturers in the world. Yeah. No brainer. Fucking Apple put their app on Samsung TVs. It's like, yeah, 
No one gives the a shit. The only thing that weirded me out was okay, so that yeah, the Samsung app is for televisions. That makes a ton of sense to me too, because that was yeah. the only thing that confused me about the headline. They're like, and a Samsung app, and I was like, dude, I already have Xbox Cloud Gaming on my Android phone. What are you talking about? Yeah, but that makes more sense. They're talking about a smart TV app. Absolutely, make an app for smart TVs. Make an app for Google Chromecasts because lots mm-hmm. of people have those. I know Google owns Stadia, but they know as well as I do that nobody owns or wants Stadia. And I think at this point, Google's smart enough that somebody would cave over you there. You know, nobody wants Stadia. Google, they're like, yeah, we know. Yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> put put your Xbox app on there. I think they do it. Like, I mean. Google has like Amazon video on there and Amazon has the fire stick. So if that can happen, then I think yeah. we can definitely also have the Xbox cloud gaming app on my Chromecast. You I buy, think that'd be cool. You buy I'd be able like to play a, Xbox like, games on every screen. Just, you just buy that like one the change. Google phone or whatever. You buy like a Google speaker and then you open up the box. And it's like four free years of Google Stata. And you're like, oh, I hate garbage documentation that comes with your product. Right? That's, that- <laughs> That's like a shout out to Dawid does tech. That is the venereal disease that you did not want with yeah. that Google Chrome speaker. Absolutely. Right. Uh, like the Sortman you- brought up a point here. This is, I, I got to like, man, my I noticed are that bad. too about legacy of Kane. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Like hopefully some of those IPs that were under square Enix's North American wing get, yeah, more respect and not mismanaged to death. Uh, I entirely agree with that. But that's sure. what we talked about last week, too. And with, uh, I forget their stupid name, whoever bought them all up. They seem to be buying up a bunch of cool IPs. And I think it's because yeah. they're a company that has enthusiasm for it. So I think I think it's going to be in better hands. I, I, I for sure believe that. Well, I um, hope so, because they bought Dark Horse Comics. And like yeah. that is an entity that means a lot to me. So hopefully right. this new new group of ownership uh, handles both these video games and Dark Horse and all the random crap they're buying up. Yeah. <laughs> well, OK, yeah. I thought you'd be jacked to tan for this. And then I read the whole um, article and I was like, oh, that didn't turn out the way that I want. Um, I was like, ooh, maybe yeah. like a Dark Souls WWE. Uh, no, but they're making a WWE RPG. It's seemingly in development, but it's going to be for mobile devices. What are your thoughts on that? Not confirmed for mobile devices. The way she worded it in the quote is kind of interesting. I was like, I don't know how to connect these dots. She was just sort of like, yeah, we've had success with mobile games with these developers. And we also have something new coming out in the RPG space. But she didn't say in the mobile RPG space. So I was like, the fact that one sentence happens before the other would make you kind of connect the two. But I also was like, it's a little open to interpretation as to whether she would mean either a console game or like a fucking WWE tabletop RPG for all I know. Also, Um, how familiar is Stephanie McMahon with gaming in general? So like she could have meant like mobile, like to her, that word meant like console or whatever. Like I got to say my other favorite part of this article was them referring to her as former wrestler stephanie mcmahon yeah not like (laughs) daughter of billionaire vince mcmahon who invented and owns practically 90 percent of the entire wrestling industry they're just like yeah she was a wrestler in the 90s that's what people remember her for did she ever really wrestle or was she just a part of bits where like sometimes she wrestled she was a women's champion 
She was a former women's champion. Oh, yeah, I didn't if you're going to refer to her as former wrestler, you could at least pump her as the <laughs> former women's champion. Yeah, give her her fucking Come accolades. Come on, everybody. Like, Stephanie McMahon, yes, queen, all right? Stephanie McMahon, <laughs> yes, queened all over the women's division, and yeah. you're ignoring it. Give people their flowers before they're gone, guys. Yeah. You know? Um, but no, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I actually, honestly, like, I'm not against mobile games. I don't hate that they exist. I just don't really play them myself. I know some friends that are super addicted to that WWE super card game on mobile. So like, yeah, if they make a good kind of mobile, create your own wrestler and manage his career sort of game, I think that could be cool. Like for sure. There's some potential there. So I don't think I'll play it, but yeah, they they would probably have a lot of, I haven't played a good mobile game since Doodle Jump, so I'm sticking to that. But <laughs> yeah, the old, well, I just ever since like Xbox Cloud Gaming existed on phones, I'm just like, well, I'll just play real games on phones now. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, right? So let's move into this next topic, which is kind of like uh, this was like kind of a very vague article. Xbox Bethesda working on multiple Disney licensed projects. Rumor. Um, this is all speculation. This article. It's kind of like we've heard from someone, someone that this may be a thing that could be happening. Nothing confirmed yet. Take it with a grain of salt. I think it was with Jeff Grubb, and he's fucking pulled shit out of his ass so many times. Uh, I think yeah, it would be a solid. Be- I think it'd be a solid move. Like if that is true, good on you. Like I feel like uh, Insomniac did really well partnering with Marvel and making a lot of good Marvel games on PlayStation. I think Xbox could do like. Like if they made like like in the picture there, if they made like a really rad Indiana Jones game or even like a really rad Star Wars game or who knows some some yeah. other Disney IP that isn't Marvel, I think would be a really good. Move. I'd be interested because I think Star Wars is still tied up with the EA. Like I'm not sure whether EA has renewed the license or how long they have mm, the license for. Point, right, yeah. but but all the all the current Star Wars games have been from EA. I think that'll stay the same. But I agree. When I read this, I was like. I'm thinking, okay, Indiana Jones for sure. You could do Narnia, which Disney owns all of. So definitely I could see like a Narnia themed RPG or like even kind of like a fun hack and splash in that world could be cool. Um, The Pirates of the Caribbean for the entire franchise. That'd be fucking ill with uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial going on right now. You release one of those games and then bring Johnny Depp back. Oh, that that would crush. Well, they did the uh, for Sea of Thieves. They had the Pirates of the Caribbean expansion and it had Jack Sparrow in it, but it like wasn't Johnny Depp, but it clearly was Johnny Depp. And that's kind of how they got away around it. Right. Yeah. They were like, well, it's cartoon Jack Sparrow. It's not. It's not at all questionable now. Like, which, okay. by the way, all it right. shouldn't be questionable anyways, because like we all know whose side we're on. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we all know whose side we're on. I could support Yas Queen and still think that people shouldn't shit on other people's beds. Okay, that's yeah. uh, I can balance those two things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would I would like to see some Pirates of the Caribbean games, and I'm thinking Marvel. But I mean, it's also interesting because Sony's been getting the exclusives to certain Marvel franchises, right? But those are the ones that they're already tied into because, like, we know like Sony still has the hold on Spider Man. Yeah, Sony Sony's had the hold on X Men for a long time, so. Part of the deal, I think, in Marvel basically getting X-Men back now and getting to put all those X-Men movies on Disney Plus and probably start doing X-Men cameos in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and stuff was that they were like, you know what? Yeah, make your 
PS5 exclusive Wolverine game, Sony. That's what we'll give you in yeah. return. You're not doing a good job making movies lately anyway. Make video games. You're better at that. Make us a Wolverine game, which I think was a smart move. Yeah. Um, and the Spider-Man games are great. And then we've had a couple of flops, though, with the Marvel games that are not being held by Sony, right? So we've had Avengers and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which we talked about last week, right? Not uh, not performing as well as they were anticipated to. And it's funny you brought up like the the run like Insomniac had and stuff with the old PlayStation Marvel games because that's what I was just talking to somebody the other day about that, where I was like, dude, Marvel games used to be such dependable bangers. And it was such a simple formula. Like they built that engine for the Xbox games. Like the original Xbox had the X-Men games and there was like X-Men and then there was like X-Men Shadow of the Apocalypse. And they were just like fun, slanted, top-down, four-player beat-em-ups where you just picked an X-Man and ran around and blew shit up with your friends and used cool X-Men powers. And those games were sick. Like every time a new one would come out, I would go buy it. And then they spun that off into like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which was just the same thing. And it was just like the same engine. And they're like, now it's not just the X-Men. Now you can be Spider-Man and Captain America. And once again, I was just like, this is sick. And it's like, you could literally just copy that entire style of game, make it look way better. Cause that's what we can do now. And you would just be printing money. Yeah. Like you have such a good template for how to make cool superhero team up games there. You made a bunch of like 9.5 out of 10 games for years. Just copy those ones. It just blew my mind that like the Avengers game underperformed in the way it did and that they, they couldn't put together like a decent game out of that IP. So I would be really happy if Xbox and Bethesda are going to take over on some of those properties. Like give me a solo Captain America game and make it really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Give me a solo Iron Man game, right? To put a pause on that, I was going to try the Avengers game, but it's 150 fucking gigs. And I was like, dude, I'm not going through all the time to put that on my hard drive. That has limited amount of space because I'm filling it with games that I will play. And I was like, happened to me. James texted me the image. Like we were both like, oh, we're going to play that. And we're going to come back next week. Let you know what we thought the first few hours. I should look on. Is it on cloud gaming? Can I play it through Xbox cloud gaming? I don't know. That, I, would, I would stream it to my Xbox to give it a whirl, but there's no way I'm taking the time to download 150 gigs of that, knowing that there's probably little to absolutely no chance that I'm going to keep playing it long term. Yeah. Like, I was just like, you're done. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm not, you're done before I even started. Like, you're, yeah. like, you're done. Yeah. Uh, let's go into this next topic here. And I think this is great news. It's a bold move. I think it's great news, though. Um, Gotham Knights, Xbox One and PS4 versions canceled. Um, I think this is a win. I think that's a fucking bold move because you're turning down like potentially like 200 million people who have combined the PS4 and Xbox One generation. But I think it's about time games started doing this and started making this call and being like, yo, we can't deliver on what we promised while keeping that generation included we have to cut it and it's like i think this was like you said this was i read this and it put a smile on my face i was like good whoever was developing gotham knights got to a certain point in development looked at the realistic principle of like okay how is this actually going to look if we try to release it simultaneously on these old generations 
and they were like we don't want to be cyberpunk fuck that let's just yeah. cancel the whole thing i think that's the smart thing to do here absolutely i i think you'll start seeing it more and more i do think like the best case scenario is just you know as we move forward just don't announce it for the old consoles so that you don't have to put a foot in your mouth and cancel it. Cause that's the only downside to this is that they are backtracking now. Cause they told people on those consoles, they were going to get to play this game. Yeah. But, but I, that was always my argument about cyberpunk is I was like, yeah, it's going to be bad press for you pissing off all these people you promised a game to, and then not giving it to them. But it was much worse press for you giving them a shitty game and then having to give them all refunds. Yeah. So yeah, smart move, smart I- move. I think it's a smart move. Like, even though like I'm not particularly excited for this game, um, I'm just excited. Like a big game like that decided to make that decision. And yeah, like this is again, this is me personally. And like, I'm not, I'm not a digital foundry person. And like, I don't pixel peep. Like I do uh, enjoy higher quality games, but for me personally, like when I played Forza horizon four, and then I played Forza Horizon 5. I was like, yeah, it looks better. And I'm like, but it's also a whole new game. And I was like, does it look like super next gen? I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's just like, because they had to have it run on the older hardware. And they did a fantastic job. That is a huge accomplishment in technology. Uh, and it's a massive achievement. I will give them that. But it by no means looks like a game that you'd be like, yeah, that's definitely next gen. I have a hard time knowing for sure, because the only version of Forza Horizon 4 I ever played was on the Series X already with an optimization patch released. Yeah, I would have been very interested to play Forza Horizon 4 on like an OG Xbox One with no update and then have compared it to Forza Horizon 5 on my Series X and being like, does that look like a generational leap? Because it does kind of make sense to me that playing the fourth one with it being tweaked for the mm-hmm. new hardware, it's like, yeah, it is going to be less of a gap then, right? Um, I will also agree with what you said, though, that like, and this may shock you as, you know, the the resident Batman obsessed guy. Um, yeah, Gotham Knights, not super hype on it. Haven't really cared about this game at any point of its development. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, and maybe maybe it'll come out with good, great reviews and it'll shock me. And like, I should, in theory, be be stoked about it. And like, I like these characters. I like. I loved Nightwing as a kid, especially when they first like came up with the idea of Nightwing and being like, oh, like Robin's his own dude now. He's fucking Nightwing, and I was like, that's so badass. He's like his own hero. Like, I love that as a kid because like as a kid you. Robin was you when you were a kid yeah. and you read comic books, right? You're like, I would be the plucky sidekick. I'm yeah. a cool kid. I could hang out with Batman. I'm Chris and then O'Donnell like, Donald doing fucking gymnastic shit. Right. And then and he they- becomes Nightwing at around that time too, where you're becoming an adolescent and you're getting angsty and badass. And yeah. he was like, now I'm angsty and badass. And I was like, cool. But still, I don't know, like as a big fan of the Arkham games, I can't help looking at this game and being like, I don't want a Batman game where I can't be Batman. I don't <laughs> I don't want a game where I play as every cool Gotham character, but the coolest one. I don't know. That just seems very odd to me. But to be fair, 
I also went on a huge rant at one point about how I thought the making a Joker movie without Batman was super dumb. And then it turned out to be like the greatest movie of that year. So maybe this game will be fantastic. Who knows? I remember like a lot of people hyping it up on uh, like the PlayStation team on Twitter. Um, They were like hyping this game out. And then I just remember commenting like, I bet it's going to (laughs) suck. (laughs) <laughs> they and i got blocked <laughs> um that's pretty hilarious all right let's go into this next one here is okay. it a, is it a, it's not a playstation exclusive no i just looked it? that up it's not but yeah. yeah i found it funny that like a lot of the the like sony ponies as people would say were fucking really jizzing on that really game. Pump, pumping this game's tires up well i don't know yeah. like the arkham games had a very passionate following right like I will say that like Batman's had a good run in video games over the last while. Like I think the Arkham series definitely like it got a little weaker in the final chapter, similar to the Christian Bale films, but also similar to the Christian Bale films. It got a little weaker, but it was still pretty freaking cool. So it was like, yeah, he hasn't really had a bad video game in the past while. So yeah, hopefully Gotham Knights can maintain that and hopefully they can keep that franchise running. Yeah. Good, good for them. I'm, I'm the uh, pessimist, so uh, we'll see. Uh, the, these next few articles here, I just wanted to kind of bring up the state of console gaming, where it's at, and just how incredible these huge titans are just doing with their products. So, and they are products, everybody. So, like Nintendo Switch has sold 107.65 million units worldwide. Like insanity and that unit's how old now five years old get approaching approaching five at least i think it's definitely late in its fourth year if not already into its fifth year i feel like it was march 2017 when it came out i don't know i'm not i'm not 100 on that if anyone can answer that in the chat uh but like nintendo switch just crush printing money crushing it um putting out an oled model and then but still like people are buying the regular model because it's it's a little bit cheaper now but like they've had the same hardware they're probably getting they're probably paying for the like the cost to make that unit is probably pennies now because like those parts have probably come so far down because they've mass manufactured them for so long now and they're just like making hand over fist for that shit fucking mario kart 8 has sold like almost 50 million units alone. Like it is just, and it's like, it's still constantly in the top five for like highest selling games each week. Like it's insanity. It it never stops selling. Like I don't understand. Like, like doesn't it eventually get to a point where everyone that wants Mario Kart has Mario Kart? Like you would fucking think. And it's like, no, it's like every time a new baby pops out of some woman's vagina, he walks out being like, give me Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Cut this off and give me Mario Kart 8. Love it's it. It's crazy. It is. It's absolutely crazy. And I just wanted to bring up some other numbers here. So PS5, Sony just announced that uh, PS5 has hit 19.3 million units, which is incredible because of the constraints and just like how hard it is to get a hold of one of these. I think that's pretty massive. I was going to mention that too. Keep in mind all of these numbers during a massive semiconductor shortage and huge stock issues all over the world. And like all of these consoles are still just like crushing bank. You have to sacrifice a significant other to get a full tank of gas. Like it's crazy these days. Um, Yes, queen. Uh, 
yeah, and then also like I thought again, I didn't want to bring this up and then have people be like like yeah, fucking Sony like just like crushing it. Yeah, they're doing a great job, but everyone is crushing it including Microsoft and Microsoft like these numbers are a couple of months old now, but now they're t- said to have released or uh, have sold 12 million units of their, of their series consoles. And I think that's better for the consumer, which is us. Like, it's not like, it's not a race where it's like one console is ahead two to one or three to one. They're both kind of neck and neck and that keeps them competitive. And when the two consoles are competitive, they're going to try to undercut each other and like have better deals. And that is, again, it's better for us, especially when we're having to donate organs and blood for a full tank of gas and maybe half a brick of cheese at the grocery store. Like, I think this is great. It keeps them competitive uh, in pricing. It keeps them striving to do creative new things to attract business on both sides. Yeah. I think, like. You know, you always hear that old analogy that, like, competition is great for business. Uh, The best comparison I can make at all is always going to be for this, the world of professional wrestling, (laughs) where in the 90s, you had the WWF and WCW and ECW, and they were all on fire. Well, like, you know, they all had their flops here and there, but they were all coming out with really cool, creative ideas, pushing envelopes, uh, trying to outdo each other. You had the Monday Night Wars. Vince McMahon goes out with his giant checkbook, buys all of his competition. During the years where WWE was the only major wrestling product on television, wrestling only ever got worse. It it, it got homogenized and boring and safe, and it took another company coming along like freaking 20 years later or whatever with AEW to kind of shake that industry up again. And now you're starting to see once again, the product getting much more interesting on both sides because WWE knows once again, that they actually have to do something to hold your attention because there's a company who's actually competing with them. Whereas like there was a long time there where it was more like the last console generation where like there were other wrestling companies, but they were all small potatoes compared to Vince's thing now. And, you know, you shouldn't want that to happen. Like a lot of these people that are really wrapped up in this Sony pony X bot war or whatever, and they're subscribing to one side. It's like, guys, you shouldn't be sitting there at night being like, oh man, I hope Sony just like puts Xbox out of business because that's not good for you as a fan of video games. Like that doesn't actually help the industry in any way. And it, it just puts Sony in a position where they can start charging whatever the hell they want for anything if they were the only big fish in the market, which you don't want. And it also puts them in a position where they can frankly get lazy creatively because Absolutely. they're not worried about, right? They're not worried about the other product dragging your attention away so regardless of whether like yeah most people are only gonna own one of those consoles and i get that you're gonna be more attached to the one that you shelled the money out for but you should want the other one to be competitive because it's gonna keep your experience better on whatever platform you're on right you know what i was gonna compare it to i was more gonna compare it to like the n64 ps1 era like every holiday season or like any chance that they got there was like get this bundle with these games for 2.99 and then the other console would be like we'll get our bundle with these games for 2.49 and it would they would just keep competing with each other like that i think we saw some of that too with uh like the ps3 xbox 360 era as well 
And they used to do, yeah, like lots of Christmas bundles during the 360 days. And that yeah. was still when like hack in games were a very common thing, right? To get like one or two physical games in the box with your new console. Yeah. yeah. And I like, I'm all for that. And I put out a tweet recently and like, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this. And I just put this out there. I put, if there isn't a, a one, a single game. It doesn't have to be all games. If there isn't a single game that you buy on launch week, you are not supporting gaming. And this is my reasoning behind that. Like you there should that you there is a game out there that you know that you play every single time it comes out. Like if you're not buying that the first week it comes out, you're not helping gaming. And the gaming services like like Xbox Game Pass, PlayStation Plus, they all have their place and they're great services. But if you are subscribing to those services thinking that you're helping the developer, you're not. You're helping the person who owns that service. You're help, like you're just you're just increasing Microsoft stock price. You're just increasing Sony stock price. So we all have that game. Some of us it's NBA 2K. Some of us it's a Souls game. And I'm not saying every single game you have to buy has to be bought within the first week, as long as there's one. Like and then every other game after that, buy it on sale, get it on Game Pass, get it wherever. But like you should have like that one game that you get as soon as it comes out. I disagree. Um, I have those games where I go out and shell ninety dollars out for them for sure. I do not think it's fair to say like if somebody waited for every game to go down to, and I used to do this for like a few years there because I was in college and I was poor. Uh, and Game Pass and shit didn't exist. So it's not like I was just subscribing to things for games. But I was like, I won't spend more than $50. And I let every game simmer until it went down to $50. I don't think it's fair to be like that I wasn't supporting video games during those years. Because I still gave lots of companies my $50 numerous times for many, many products over those years. So I poured hundreds or thousands of dollars into the industry still at that point. Um, so I think you can buy games on sale and still be supporting the industry, especially if you buy tons of games. And like lots of people wait for games to go on sale specifically for that reason, so they can buy a lot of them. So if you give $80 to the industry, I don't think it really matters whether that $80 goes to one game or it goes to like a bunch of $10 games because that's still $80 that you pumped into that industry, in yeah. my opinion. I see, um, I see that but, side of things, yeah. Yeah, but, but I do agree for sure that if there are no games that you're going and purchasing outside of Game Pass or like if there is not a single game that you go and purchase outside of your your new tiers of playstation plus or whatever it is then absolutely you're not really you're still putting money into the industry right but you're not helping like any one developer or any one cause i agree right and that's that's the point that i'm coming from yeah. and i still kind of i like i see your side of things i still disagree with you and then even like because we both are musicians on the side and we know from personal experience it's like if you are with a record label of any kind, like, and even with movies, if your product does not perform well within its first week, they're not going to back you for like anything else. So that is why when like, it could be anything. It doesn't. And then, like I said, it doesn't have to be all games. Unless you develop a third person cover based shooter for square Enix, in which case you can flop out as hard as fucking possible. And they'll be like, Hey, want to develop an expansion? They're like, yo, 
you want another 50 million for an expansion pack and then oh well we didn't get paid for the last bit yeah yeah don't worry about that we didn't get the cost covered for that but here's some more money to make another expansion yeah exactly but like i i agree with you and i know there's people out there who who do subscribe to game pass only and they're just like they're just playing the games that are on game pass and have not made a single purchase outside of that if you're doing it, that's fine. I understand. Like we've both been there where you can't afford anything and that's the 100%. only way that you can game. But if you do that and then you're like, I'm support <clears throat> like I'm supporting gaming, I'm supporting developers, you're not. You're like you're doing yeah. what you can to game, which is that's still a good thing. Like you're still gaming. That's great. But don't claim that you're you're supporting developers because you're not. You're just you're helping Microsoft stock. Which is again, yeah. it's fine. In the same way that like Spotify is not very good for artists, and you'd be better served going and spending some money on their T-shirt or something if you wanted to support them at this point, right? Exactly. Um, like if you yeah. again, let's say you didn't put you you don't own any T-shirts or like like any other albums, you just subscribe to like Spotify to be like I'm supporting my favorite artist by listening to their music on Spotify. No, you're not. You're a fan of them and you're listening to their music, which is great, but like you're not supporting them a hundred percent the like the best way that you could be. Yeah, if you really want to get money into the hands of bands and stuff these days, it's like go to their concert, buy their shirt at the concert. I know it's overpriced, but they actually get a huge portion of that money. Or buy like, their merch right off their website. Yeah. <clears throat> right, yeah. Even and even physical be- media, unfortunately, it's like when you go buy their vinyl, like, yeah, that's way better for them than streaming their songs on Spotify, but the label is still getting such a huge cut off of that. Absolutely. So a, a lot of the time it, it is like merchandise that bands like make so much of their bread and butter off of. It's like, guys, that's why the t-shirt is $50. I know it sucks, but it's it, it's because they're getting effed on the record deal. Basically. Also the venue yeah. gets a cut of their merch sales at their shows, which is Isn't that gross? brutal. I'm brutal. Like, no. I if I'm gonna pay ninety dollars for a hoodie, I want to be able to just walk up to Corey Taylor and be like, "Here, okay." Like, <laughs> I don't want to give any of that to Rogers Arena. That's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. That's like, and that's like, and the reason why I put that out there is like not to piss people off, which it did. Um, it's just to say, like, hey, again, kind of what we've talked about before. It doesn't matter which preferred platform that you have you obviously have a game that you support and it's like, keep supporting that game or else that game might not exist tomorrow. Yeah. I agree. And that's, and that's a cool thing that I think more people should do. And I like, and I like seeing it when a new game releases and I see a bunch of people post pictures of their copies that they purchased. I think that's cool. Like, I'm just like, good for you. I've always had that philosophy, like, even as a kid when I was pretty poor and, like, you know, it was, like, the early days of torrents and you're just downloading everything. Like, I never did that. Don't follow me. Um, (laughs) But, like, if I really freaking liked a movie, I still went out and bought the DVD or whatever. Yeah. There was just something about me being like, okay, you know what? Like, George A. Romero, you deserve my money, right? Like, certain filmmakers, certain products, I was just like, yeah, I don't really have much money to spend on a movie, but like I will scrounge together the 20 or $25 for like this one that means so much to me. 
And that was often totally the way I viewed it. I was like, that's an artist. I actually want to like support that. And I don't want to like turn around a year from now and like have like a show or a movie that I loved not exist anymore and be like, is this because I freaking <laughs> downloaded it in my college dorm room? Like, did I kill that show? It's not a feeling I want to live with. So if I really, really love a show, I'll always actually go, you know, put money into the developers of that show by buying the DVDs or the Blu-rays or whatever it is. Right? Yeah. Um, comic books, I've never uh, pirated comics. And like, there's a lot of those services now, like Marvel Unlimited and stuff where you can pay and like, just read all your comics on your phone. For one, I like having the actual books and reading them. Uh, and I just grew up with it that way. So I don't like the idea of reading comics on my phone or my laptop or something. Also, it's art. But, it's like you're, right. you you get art that you can hold and that you have. Thank you, right? Like, yeah. So the, the, yeah, to me, I'm like, especially like, yeah, it's, it's like a print of this beautiful artwork that somebody drew. Like, I don't want to be looking at that on a screen. Um, I've always appreciated that art form, but it's also always been an art form that I just knew even as a kid that there wasn't nearly as much money in that industry as there is in movies or video games or rock bands or rappers or whatever. And so I was always like comic book artists or artists I, de I desperately want to actually give my money to. I'm yeah. so happy to go to a comic book store and give them the five or six bucks because I know that like... Most of those artists, like, it's it'd be hard to crank out 30 pages of crap a month, let alone stuff that looks really good. Like, they work really hard at that craft, and it doesn't pay nearly as well as, like, yeah, being in the film industry or something like that. Totally. Right? So, and yeah. for those of you who don't know, Jay Retro and I were in uh, one of Canada's biggest uh, metalcore bands, um of huge, just huge yeah of the early 2010s and what that means financially was that we were below the poverty line <laughs> and there, there were many times where we would share a box of kd between four dudes and that was our uh, that was our dinner or we would have to get our girlfriends to buy us $2 French fries because we were starving. Um, but we would stoked that we could get like hot and ready pizzas from little seeds. Dude, that, that would, would be, that was like a banquet night. Yeah. That was yeah. like a hot and ready. Like, that was, ooh, yes, queen. That was like, ooh, <laughs> la la. Uh, the, uh, the title of tonight's episode is yes, queen, by the way. Um, but even then when we were borderline homeless people, we would scrounge together our fucking nickels and dimes so we could go see Iron Man 2 in the theater, like, during launch week on the cheap night. And it's like, yep. we still found the money to go support the things that we wanted to support. Um, so, again, I know people want to take my words, out, like, and make them mean a different thing. And trying to say that I'm saying buy every single game that you want to buy in the first week. No. Pick one and then the rest of your games buy them on sale play them on game pass but like if you have a game that you've bought in the last three of them you should be supporting that developer by buying that game full price or even if you buy it through some website in the first week and get like a little bit of a discount cool do that um, i would add as well that like especially 
if that game that you're passionate about is made by a smaller developer. Absolutely. Right. Not that, not that piracy or anything is ever okay. And I know that, you know, like, you know, like the people that work for Warner brothers aren't all giant corporate fat cats. And yeah. that like little, little Joe that works at catering on the Warner brothers lot needs to get paid too. Like I understand all of that concept, but still like, it, it would take a lot longer for Warner Brothers to go out of business from you not giving their, them their money compared to some little independent filmmaker. And it's the same thing with video games where like EA is not going to go out of business anytime soon. Right. Like there's there's the Titan companies that like, yeah, if you don't rush out and buy EA's game opening day for 90 bucks, like they can probably take the hit. Yeah. But if you really give a shit about like from software or CDA Project Red or some newer, even smaller developer that hasn't had that level of buzz yet on the come up, please go buy their game on opening day. Right? Yeah, because it's like, yeah, those companies they need some people that are going to do that or there will not be an expansion pack because they're not Square Enix. Yeah. And they can't just be like, oh, look, a garbage can full of money. Thank God I didn't know what I was going to do with this briefcase full of money. Yeah. And now I'll just light all of it on fire at once. People can fly or like, can we get a paychecks? And they're like, no, we don't have enough money for that. Just the expansion. And it's like, oh, okay. Hot and ready pizzas for all of you, though. Um, Did you have any money for hot dogs for this fire? No, we we put all the money in the fire. That was very essential. It's all burning in there with that expansion pack. Please get it out ASAP. Uh, don't look at the numbers. Don't even ask for the books. We don't have them. Yes, quaint. Um, <laughs> let's move into this next thing, talking about gaming, supporting games. Um, a lot of people have been talking about this game, Trek to Yomi which uh had a recent release it's on game pass for those of you who are wondering and i wanted to try it out i never heard of the developer before and i just saw like oh okay they're going for the whole ghost of tashima ninja kind of feudal japan era type of game um i'm just gonna play the trailer here in the background give, with no give audio. the people your thoughts i'm gonna grab a cup of coffee because my throat's feeling a little parched yeah so give the people your thoughts take us on a journey take, take uh, a- yeah get yourself a nice drinky drink so um yeah i played this game and i gotta say bold move bold move making your game all black and white um it is definitely an artistic choice and does it play out i don't know like i i think at first it seems a little cool but like after a few minutes you kind of lose that nostalgia and you're just like okay why can't you just like maybe in like in a flashback scene make it black and white and then go back to regular color um i also kind of thought like did they choose this aesthetic to cover up some maybe flaws in the game's graphics? And that's why they went with this aesthetic. I don't know. I can't confirm that. I will say I played. I this is just my impressions of it. I played it for an hour and you know what? It's it's got its flaws. It's a little bit jank, but you know, what? it's like it's fun. It's it has its fun parts. And for me, I really do think, though, that they missed out on what this game is. And this game could be a great kind of hack and slash, beat em up uh, type of game. But they try to mix in these more um, platformy kind of adventure esque like parts uh, in between fights. And it doesn't work for me. I don't I, I don't think that's where the game excels. 
I think this game would be a great game where it's just a screen to screen. You're always fighting more enemies and it's just good fun. I also think they're taking their story a little bit too seriously and it doesn't need to be that way. Uh, this game would be like way better off with just a simple story. So what they could have done is they could have just made it really simple and then just said, uh, these ninjas attack your, your village and you want revenge. And that could be the whole story. That's all you need. You don't need this big, deep back story. Who gives a shit? And I always hate nowadays where they try to incorporate the story with the opening tutorial. And it's like, let's flash back to when you're a kid and you're learning how to use your sword from your grandpa. And it's like, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about that. Why don't we take notes from the early 90s and then your character just have invincibility for the first minute and all the first enemies are fucking dead easy and you figure out the controls. And it's like, that's your time to do that because the controls aren't that complicated in this game. They, they do incorporate some combos. I didn't use any of them. I was like, I'm just going to fucking hit quick attack. And I murdered through this game. Like, it's just like, they're like, oh, try out this new combo. I was like, I'm not gonna. I'm just going to hit quick attack, quick attack. And fucking, and I just like, just plowed through enemies in this game. Um, I was saying earlier, Jay, that I feel like this game would be a Oh, I did hear you for the oh, record okay. while I was away. My headphones Good. are quite loud. So when I take them off, I can still hear them. But bam. But, um... Yeah, like there there are parts in between the combat and I actually bring this up because I am doing an impressions video that I will release on my channel. And it is a point that you have brought up to me before where like like you'll go. It, it looks like a beat em up type game where like you just you walk from side to side and then you go to the next screen and there's more enemies there that you fight. But there yeah. are, there are moments where you go to the next screen and all you're doing is just running from one side to the other. But they change the the, the angle of the perspective, so it's yeah. kind of like gives it that 3D kind of feel. And so there, there it looks are some really pretty. Like I definitely think visually this looks great. Well, I, that's what that's another thing. I was just like, it's very artistic. And I'm like, does does the black and white do it for you? For me, it was cool for a minute, and I was like, I kind of wish they just that was a flashback scene and they went to full color, but. Is it height? I, I want to play it like I really like black and white film. Mm -hmm. And I also really like black and white comics. Like yeah. I've always thought that like there's definitely something about a black and white aesthetic that has its own charm. And it definitely emphasizes shadow and light. And yeah. they're doing some really cool stuff here with like the reflections of the fire and those buildings on the guys when he was like running on the rooftops like the moonlight kind of reflecting just off the brim of his hat and then the yeah. rest of him is all cloaked in darkness and i i kind of really like some of the stuff they're doing but i agree like i i have no idea whether i would like it for the however many hours the runtime of this game is right yeah so. like i found myself like pretty quickly being like okay like i'm over the shtick like but um Hey, bold move. It's an artistic choice. And this game is very artsy. So I feel like it was just like a choice that they made. Um, I did bring up like, are they covering some of the the forthcomings of their graphics in the game? I don't know. Um, I did notice it is made in Unreal Engine. Maybe it's Unreal. It's probably Unreal Engine 4. There is some stuff that's a little bit janky. Like, uh, I don't know. Again, they could they could call it an artistic choice. But sometimes... Uh, the movement is a little bit jittery and it almost looks like old school black and white films that are like 12 frames per mm. second. And they could be like, you know, that's what we're going for, but I don't know if it is. Um, 
yeah, like some of the movement, like he's moonwalking there, but it looks a little bit weird. Uh, but again, I don't want to go on too many negative things here. It was a fun game. It was fun. It was like, it was, yeah. it was okay. I was like, I'd be pissed if I paid $40 for this, but then I found out it's $20. I'm like, that's fair. I'm like, that's this, a- this looks like a fun $20 romp to be yeah. honest from what I've seen so far. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I would really love you to give this game. It's only eight uh, gigabytes. So it's really easy to download. Um, yeah, just take up too much space. I'd really love for you to play this. And I want you to tell me like, because I thought this game's biggest asset was the con- like was the fun of like going from screen to screen, fighting all these enemies and just like hack and slashing, like beat them up yeah, style. Um, I didn't feel like the extra frames in between where you're just like traversing and doing a little bit of platforming did anything for me. I was like, I don't, hmm. this part I feel like it's just a waste of time. And the point that I brought up in my video that I think you, you said to me was, I know some people like that because it gives you that breath in between those screens. 100%. So I always feel the same way about like a lot of people, uh, yourself included, sometimes get uh, like against cinematics in first person shooter games. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like I want a cinematic, especially after a really tough part. So if I beat a mission or I beat a boss or something, that moment of like, like when it cuts to the cinematic and I realize my guy is like running to the helicopter without me pressing anything or something is that moment that I'm like, Oh, thank God. I beat that goddamn thing after 20 times. And I'm like, now I can get a beer. I can, you know, (laughs) like I have a moment where I can just kind of like stretch and be like, okay, I'm going to have to do something else hard in five minutes, but for five minutes, I can just kind of experience the story and the characters without being stressed out. Like I was for the last 45 minutes or whatever. Yeah. So I really like that balance in games. And yeah, I think sometimes games can overdo it. Uh, Final fantasy seven remake. I feel sometimes overdoes it with the breathers. Yeah. There are times in final fantasy seven remake where I'm like, okay, let me go smash some shit with my giant sword again. It's time to go. I get it. There's two girls. He's in love with both of them. It's very tough. Let's go kill him. Right? <laughs> yeah, good for him. Let's go. Um, yeah. Um, and maybe that's just partially because I've already, you know, like I've gone through that story, but I don't know. So I would say for uh, Trek to Yomi, a lot of people have been comparing, like they're trying to make a comparison between this game and Ghost of Tsushima. Um don't they're completely different games like even though i really didn't like ghost of tashima like i'm not gonna be like this game is better than that they're not even the same it's that they're completely different mechanics this game is like a like a, a modern side scroller that adds that 3d perspective uh due to modern <clears throat> graphics but it is essentially just like a beat em up in a, in a japanese setting and yeah. it's it's fun is it perfect fuck no but like it's still good fun so uh, you out there uh gamers if you have an xbox game pass subscription i definitely recommend trying it out like is it going to be game of the year no is it going to be a like a fun little game to play in between your main game when you need a break it's like yeah like this is a good a good throwaway game to to waste some time with uh somebody were talking the other day about just like old school retro beat-em-ups like that and like this particularly reminds me of the takeover which i bought was like one of the first games i bought on the nintendo switch 
supposed to be like 20 something bucks. I bought it for like 12. Yeah. And I was just like, same idea where it was like mostly just a side scrolling Streets of Rage style beat em up. It was kind of that like 2D where they're trying to give the characters some 3D modeling and every yeah. now and then they kind of slant an angle or something, right? So that it's not always just side to side, gives it a little bit more of that 3D feel. And I felt all the same ways about that game where I was like, is this game a perfect game? No. For $12, was it a super fun time just beating the shit out of some guys? Absolutely. Right? So, yeah. I think sometimes those games are a great breather, like you say, in between your main 90-hour RPGs or whatever else you play, right? Totally. And I like games where the combat doesn't need to be that complicated. Like I like it that there was quick attack and heavy attack. And yeah, you could press like, uh, I always forget the stupid, uh, cause I'm always like square triangle circle, but uh, like, I got to get used to, uh, an Xbox controller. Cause I'm playing this on my hot gamer girl PC. Yes. Queen, um, RTX 3080. Uh, but for this game, like I liked that. It was just like XXY, like, or like you could throw in a combo, which was down X XY or like some shit like that. And it's like, but I didn't have to, I could just, and that's 100% the beauty of those like original streets of rage games and stuff on the Genesis, right? You got like three buttons. You can combine them in a couple different ways where like, if you press these two together, it does the thing or simply you go BBA, maybe it's a combo. Yeah. But it was just like jump, heavy attack, light attack, go have fun. Yeah. Which is just, I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, like, I hate like how modern games, like they'll be like, yeah, but we want the people to use our mechanic where you switch fighting stances and da, 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 da. And then, so they'll throw in these enemies where it's just like, why can't I like beat this enemy? And it's like, oh, you were actually supposed to switch to moon stance and then fight them in moon stance. And then that's the only way you'll do damage to them. And then you're like, fuck you in your game. It's uninstalled. I'm deleting it right now because I don't want to be forced to do anything. You're done, moon stance. You're done, done. moon stance. No queen. No queen. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trek to Yomi. Give it a try on Game Pass. Um, Other than that, like, I can't really think of any other games I would recommend. Because, like, I'm still playing the shit out of Souls games. Like, for those of you who don't know, uh, like I mentioned before, I did get a Hot Gamer Girl PC and i had to rebuy all of the from software games uh yeah like i've given them my money i I don't know how i yeah had to Uh, um but i did get them on sale through cdkeys.com we are not affiliated affiliated with cdkeys.com uh but great place to get deals um it's been it's been cool because like what i like that i'm playing those games on pc now is a little thing called cheat engine and I can use it to do meme runs where I can like pick a, like insert a weapon into the game that you don't get till really late in the game and then play the whole game with that weapon. And that shit was really hard to do on console because there's no cheat engine on console. Um, so I've just been having a lot of fun with that. But yeah, I'm going to start getting into other games. Me and Jay Retro kind of laughed about this earlier. I was like, am I getting the most out of this fucking PC, like playing games that are available on PS4? No. <laughs> um, but I do, uh, now that Jay Retro's kind of like ha- gone through the trial and errors for, for us all and has confirmed that Cyberpunk is in a good place now, I think I should just pick up Cyberpunk and play that game. You honestly should. It's uh, It's crazy, like... 
I feel so bad for the people that had to suffer through that launch and like bought it on their original PS4 or something like it. Yeah, that really sucks. And I'm sure that was an infuriating experience. But as we've covered before, at least everybody got their money back. Yeah. You see the project red. And in the long run, like if you have the hardware to play it and like, I don't have a super sick gamer girl PC like Jimmy has, like I have like a moderately hot gamer girl PC. She's attractive enough that she doesn't embarrass you in public, but your friends aren't trying to steal her all the time. You know, she's, 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 yeah, but aren't you playing the game a, at like 120 seven. Hertz? Or are you playing it at 60? Oh no, no, I'm playing it at like 30 now because I turned some shit up. I think originally the best my PC was getting out of it, and I was running it on like a mixture of low and medium, and I was getting mm. like 40, 45, 48 frames per second. Yeah. And it's funny because my software, my Razer software that boosts game performance and stuff and, and suggests to me how to adjust things, normally will be like, hey, adjust everything down, get more frames per second. But I noticed it was like when I went to use the same feature on Cyberpunk, it suggested the opposite because it knows that like when I'm playing Fortnite, I should be on competitive settings. But with a game like Cyberpunk, it doesn't matter as much what the frame rate is. Yeah. And it's funny. So the Razer software was actually like, we would suggest you turn some of these settings up and just play the game at like 35 frames per second because you're not really going to notice the difference between 45 and 35 or 48 and 35 average, but you will notice all the extra lighting features and shit being turned on. Totally. Yep. I right? agree with that. So now I'm playing it in like a mixture of medium high at like roughly 35 average frames per second. And I, I was like, yeah, this is way better. I don't notice the frame rate dip at all. And the game looks sexier for sure. I would, but I'm running it on like a 1650, right? So to me, it's like impressive. A mobile Still 1650 too. Right. Which really does just show like that up until this generation with the Series X and the PS5, there was still just such a gap between what consoles and PCs could do, where you could buy, like, a mid-range PC and it would just pound an original PS4 into the dust, basically. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, now it's... To the game just changed with the Series uh, consoles and the PS5, right? Like, you can't build that good of a gaming PC for the price of those consoles. Especially the prices these days, yeah. Um, yeah. And for those of you out there who are like, I would totally notice the, the FPS difference. Like, yeah, maybe you would. But you know what you would also super notice? The fucking massive lack in fidelity just to gain from 30-35 to 40-45. Yeah. It's like... Good job with your 10 extra frames. Right? Yeah, like, and you're just like, oh, okay, sweet. So the game doesn't look nearly as appealing, but I'm getting 40, 45 FPS. I'd rather play at a locked 35 with way more fidelity than like an uncapped 40, 45 with like all the, like the, the niceties turned off. Like, for especially sure. in a game like that, where like so much of the beauty of that game is just how cool night city looks and all the like lighting and neon. And it's yeah. very, it's an atmospheric world and you want to experience all of that. And it's a story-based game. And when I am in combat, it's still single-player combat. I don't really need to be like, oh, I need 10 extra frames per second to get that advantage in the game. It's like, I'm not playing Battle Royale here. Like, simmer down. So to me, I don't give a shit as much about the frame rate in single-player games, basically, right? Like, if I'm playing Fortnite, yes. The other reason I play that on my laptop instead of on the series x other than mouse and keyboard is because yeah then i can get like 144 frames per second out of it or something and that's great 
but yeah, just with Cyberpunk, I just hey, the Razer software knows what it's doing. Okay, it's, uh, it made the right call there. Yeah, Swordman brings up uh, a point here, and honestly, like I have never even heard of this, but we'll talk about it real briefly right now. I uh, read it in the chat, and I was like, I don't even know what that fucking game is. I didn't, I didn't want to embarrass Lum- myself. Luminaria will shut down in July, less than one year into its lifespan. That's a bummer. Bandai Namco, uh, they're the publisher for uh, From Software for all the FromSoft games. Uh, except for the oh, Sony it's a ones. mobile game. This is why I don't know what it is. It's a mobile game. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if this was a big... Yeah, like <clears throat> three theme gotcha titles to hit the skids in less than five years. I don't know. Like for me, again, I just don't know enough about this world to comment on this. For me, like if if like you bring up any news of any mobile game shutting down less than a year of it being out, I'm like, yeah, like mobile games, they're not what they used to be because now that you're getting services like Jay brought up earlier, XCloud, it's like I'm just gonna play real games on my phone. Like I'm not gonna play this mobile game shit. Um Bummer. If you were into that game, I, 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 that really sucks. Um, another thing, really exciting, and I'm, and I'm surprised Jay Retro didn't hint at this as to why his week was so damn busy. Um, are you ready to share this next thing coming up here, Jay? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk um, about it. Here, let sure. me get this. Uh, some of the scenery uh, pre- prepped up for you here. Some scenes, some scenes. So I had a big week. Uh, I went to Comic-Con, which I think I did mention at some point early in the stream. Uh, I'm a big comic book nerd, which you guys have probably caught on to by the amount that I talk about Batman and comic books in general. Uh, and yeah, that's that's your boy on the screen facing off against Superman, J-Retro. I did cosplay for the first time in my adult life. Uh, I mean, I liked Halloween as a kid, but I've never cosplayed at a comic convention before, even though I've gone to a, a good number of these comic conventions here in town. I go every year, but I go to, you know, look at other people's cosplay and buy comic books usually. And man, like I just fucking loved that new Batman movie so much. And I just got hype. And like nine days before the uh, the Comic-Con, I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to be Batman. I'm going to be Batman. So what you're looking at is a bad suit that I put together in about nine days, mainly in the evenings after work. And there was a lot of nights I was up to like two or three in the morning working on this stuff, which is a little embarrassing as an adult man uh, who was staying up late at night making a Batman costume. But that's OK, because there's this, you know, you can be whatever you want to be in the world. You can live your dreams. And my dream was to be Batman for the day. So I, went no, I think it. that's bullshit. I don't think you should have great. to apologize <clears throat> for that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like you're passionate about something and this is your first time doing something. And I think we need to get rid of the stigma of like people like having like to like prep people for a statement like that. It's like, that's kind of bullshit. It's just like, we're into what we're into. Okay. Like I can, that's fair. I can make fun of you for being a fucking idiot and like watching Euphora or Bridgerton uh, religiously. And it's like, I could just call you a fucking loser who's just watching like watered down porn. And it's like, no, like that's a show that you're into. Good for you. And it's like other people have interests. And one of their interests is like, you love Batman and you've always liked Batman. And there was this cool event that was happening in your community and you wanted to connect with like-minded folk. And I think that's really cool. And the fact that you did this while working a full-time job and you spent the nights laboring this in something that you've never done before. I think that's really fucking cool. And you should give yourself more props for that. Well, I really appreciate that. And thank you for your kind words. Yes, I definitely, I queen. <clears throat> that's queen. 
Yes, Bat Queen. Yeah. I do try to uh, exemplify that. And like I said earlier with uh, about the curling girl, right? Like I try to just be stoked for people's fandoms and like not begrudge them their fandoms. Mm. I, I never looked down on cosplayers. If anything, I always kind of looked up at them and was like jealous and was like, oh, cool. I wish I could be like a stormtrooper or Batman. Like that looks freaking fun. And at some point I was just like, yeah, why do I always look at them every year thinking it would be fun and like never just do it? I think. I was often like, oh, my OCD is so bad. I'm just going to like judge my own thing the whole time and like mm -hmm. think of all the ways it could have been better. And at some point I just embraced that. I was like, yeah, it could always be better, but that just gives you ideas about what to do next time or whatever. And that's fine. Right. So for a first go with nine days prep, just staying up late at night, a lot of this was stuff I just had around the house um, and like stuff that I bought off Amazon for like 20 bucks or 15 bucks at a time. That was like not actual costume stuff. So like cargo pants, like elbow pads and knee pads, things like that, that I was buying. The only Batman themed thing that I actually bought was uh, just a cheap plastic Halloween mask and the Cape. Um, and the whole chest armor <clears throat> is made out of uh, just like cardboard boxes. I drew paper templates uh, put it on cardboard, cut those out, and then like took old T-shirts, cut those out, wrapped it around the cardboard, super glued that super tight, and then super glued that all to another old shirt to kind of build the armor. Um, the whole like utility belt was like a back brace from when I had messed my back up at one point in physio. Mm -hmm. And then I took like old boxes from old cell phones and stuff that I had around the house and like coated them in electrical tape and thumbtacks and stuff to make them look like the pouches. Like, oh, it was just a lot of just kind of like hammering shit together and MacGyvering stuff. So I'm definitely really happy uh, with how well it turned out for the fact it was like nine days. A lot of it was me just like not really knowing what I was doing because I'd never done co cosplay and just being like, this might look cool and just like yeah. trying stuff. And yeah, like lots of the people uh, in the community uh, who have cosplayed for a long time and stuff were like, dude, that's super sick for your first cosplay. That's actually super impressive. Like I wouldn't have known it was your first time at all. So yeah, uh, th like big shout out to all the cosplayers on Vancouver Island that were so welcoming too. As a newcomer, like everybody made me feel super welcome and was really cool about everything. And uh, yeah, I got third place in the novice category for uh, the cosplayers. So that was super fun. There's a lot of competition in the novice category. It was the heaviest category. It was the one that pretty much everybody entered in. There weren't a lot of people that were willing to call themselves like, you know, upper level cosplayers like everybody yeah. was kind of and I'm, i was looking at some of these people i'm up against and i was like you're a novice because like it definitely looks like you've done this for a few years in a row like yeah. you're pretty good i wasn't gonna like call them out on it or anything. <laughs> but <clears throat> you were gonna be I like was, yeah really mm. novice novice there with your professional 3d modeled costume but i, was I like, no, think that's, that's, you're that's, stepping on my lightning queen by cool. calling yourself a novice when you're not no, honestly, the, the girl that won first place totally deserved it. She had a sick Miss Marvel costume. And you can't be mad at somebody when you can see so much of their butt. So good to her. And, you know, it was just a fun thing. Like everybody that was running the event was super cool, super chill. Uh, and it's also for a good cause. We made a lot of money for the Childhood Development Center uh, here in Nanaimo. So good Very cause. Cool. Thousands of dollars raised for kids who need the help. Uh, so shout out to everybody that came out, participated, whether you were a cosplayer or you were just browsing some comic books, maybe bringing your kids down to meet some superheroes or you uh, bid in the silent auction, which I think is where most of the money was raised. Either way, 
shout out to you for helping the kids. And speaking of the kids, that was the best part of it for me. Like as someone that had never done cosplay before, I just got such a buzz out of how many little five-year-olds were like pulling on their parents' sleep, being like, mom, mom, Batman, Batman's here. Holy cow. And like, I was like, this is so rad. Like, it's just like a bunch of five-year-old me's freaking out. And then, yeah. Um, and the story on a high note as well. My first time doing cosplay made the local newspaper. So pretty nice. hilarious. I uh, had a number of uh, like cosplay photographers like want me to model for some photos and stuff, which was fun too. But this guy was with the local uh, paper. Um, so Dark Knight and Moon Knight was uh, the title here for, for us. And uh, this was hilarious to me as well, because as you may know, Moon Knight, one of Jay's other favorite superheroes. And this guy, John here, really nice guy, ended up being kind of the main cosplayer that I ended up like palling around with the whole convention because I, I just went by myself. I ran into like lots of other friends I knew and stuff. But yeah, I spent like the most time probably with Moon Knight here out of anybody. And I just thought that was a super funny thing. Like I had literally said to my buddy Brody, I was like, I don't know if there's any other superheroes I would ever really care enough about or think I could do well enough other than Batman. And then I was like, maybe Moon Knight. I do love Moon Knight. And then I was like, you know, it'd be easy would be Mr. Knight where he wears the white suit. And so then when John walked in as Mr. Knight in the white suit, I was like, me and this guy are going to be friends. I there you just, go. I can already tell. So there that you was, go. So that he, was one thing I was going to ask you is that, yeah, it's your first time, but I bet your ass, I bet you made a lot of connections with people there. And then now you've got some new people that you can hit up when you're looking for that peer advice for like how 100%. to do things next. Absolutely. And that was one of my favorite parts about meeting John was like, he's been cosplaying a long time. He's done like Comic-Con in New York, Comic-Cons mm. in Toronto. And he moved out here from Ontario kind of just before the pandemic hit. So like he'd been doing it for years, but he hadn't really had a chance to do it for a couple of years, like most people. Yeah. Um, and this dude during the pandemic bought himself a 3D printer. So we hit it off and he was like, bro, like if you ever really want to get serious into it and start like sinking some money into your stuff, like I can literally just print you the actual Robert Pattinson Batman armor and like yeah. we can just like build you the cowl and everything like just let me know. So I have his email address now. So my thing is that, like, I think I'll keep doing Batman <clears throat> and over the next couple of years, like each year around the same time as Comic-Con's approaching, I'll like sink a bit more into it and sink a bit more into it i think that's know? smart like build yourself yeah. like a template to start off like a base and then like, exactly each time you just make it a little bit better and i think that would be really rad because yeah. a lot of this stuff will be interchangeable like i was like yeah if we do like the cowl even as the first thing that could be all i switched one year where everything the same but just have like a super authentic cowl and then the next year you could like get the chest armor or whatever yeah. right because I was like, even in the final version, I'm probably going to still be wearing those pants, those boots, and those knee pads. Because you mainly just need the upper heavy stuff to make it look more legit, right? Yeah. I'd love to eventually get a like a leather black cape, like the one he has in the movie. Because his cape, what one thing I thought was cool about the cape in the new movie is it doesn't even really look like a Batman cape to me. This one was from a Dark Knight set, and so was the mask. So that was like one of the less accurate things I actually had, technically, was the cape of the mask, because they were Bale's cape and mask. Uh, but yeah, Pattinson's cape almost just looks like a Dracula cape, but without the red lining on it. And it's this like heavy black leather. Uh, and it goes like pretty much right down to his feet, too. Like it, it's yeah. practically like dragging on the ground. And I would love to eventually get something like that because I think that would just really add that like just width 
to you. You know, like yeah. it just gives him that like just helps him look like a massive tank. So yeah, but I'm super stoked on it for a new hobby. Like I had, if you can't tell, I definitely had a complete blasty blast doing this. It was a ton of laughs. And it was just so much fun, like I said, just putting smiles on kids' faces, having kids, like, want to come over, get a fist bump from Batman or a photo with Batman or something. I was like, yeah, now I totally understand why people put so much time and money and effort into this hobby. Uh, because, yeah, it's it's a total blast to be a superhero and a bunch of five-year-olds' eyes for a day or whatever, right? Like, I would love to, at some point in my life, and I don't know if I'll ever achieve this, but there are people that are like professional cosplayers, right? Like they get paid to come to like movie premieres or go to hospitals and visit sick kids and things like that. And I think that'd be a freaking blast. Like to have a job where you like did kids birthdays and stuff as Batman. Hell yeah, I do that. So in the meantime, I'm just going to have fun with it and just like keep making it better. Go to comic book conventions. But you never know. Just like any artistic craft, you can dream. You can dream of where where it could take you or where it might take you. Right? Yeah, so, and like yeah. I think the biggest takeaway from this is stop being afraid to do something that you've always wanted to do. And I think it was that aha moment for you where you're like, why is there this thing that I've always respected and thought was really cool that I'm not doing? And it's like I think a lot of us have that feeling about that one thing. And what we've given this advice many times is like, just go do it because yeah, it, you might suck at it at first, or you might totally kick ass and end up on the fucking news, like your first go around. So it's just like, go do it, learn what you can, and then just keep with it. And like, it's always just going to keep getting a little bit better. And same with it, like this podcast, like we sucked at it at first and we didn't know how to make it work. And then we eventually got it to work. And I feel like it's getting better each time. And, Absolutely. and just like, just like with anything, like I'm always down for people who are reaching after the creative pursuit of something. And I'm just so down for that. And I'm just so against people poo pooing it for like whatever reason. They're like, you, like, you do, like, you do, you game, like, you're like a nerdy nerd. And I'm like, what do you fucking do with your free time? And it's like, you watch the Kardashians. I'm like, and that makes you that much better. And it's like, no, it doesn't. And it's like, or 100%. like, like, or, you're in a unique situation because there's like there's like the sports bros that like totally poo poo on gaming and then they're just like or they or they poo poo on like anime and it's just like dude you're 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 the exact same but for sports like like you're you're in like like you're in same sex love with some of these sports players like you obsess over them so much the same as other people obsess over like their favorite character i would like, say like fantasy football leagues and stuff is just dungeons and dragons for sports nerds right? exactly so, like it's it's exactly like i was saying earlier about how it's like i'd be ridiculous to like mock someone for having like an anime thing when mm -hmm. i like you know have a spare bedroom filled with batman and superman comics or something it's like we all have our things we all have our our fandoms and i think something you touched on earlier that like definitely touches back to this for me is that like i am constantly trying to uncondition myself from how much I, I was taught as a kid, not like specifically just by my parents, but by society as a whole, 
that it was embarrassing to like nerdy things. Yeah. Right. And so like your whole life, you had kids in school and so being like, Oh, you buy comics, you nerd. And that's how you develop that, that like Twitch where you go to tell something about like something that you're actually excited and proud of. And you still feel the need to be like, I know it's kind of dorky that I do this. And it's like, yeah, well, like, uh, I think James is absolutely bang on. Uh, and so, like I say, I don't always exemplify it perfectly. I, I, you know, like I, you just caught me there doing it, but I definitely try to tell others the same thing, right? Like try to, try to just like be proud of who you are. And like, if people don't like it, who gives a shit. And uh, for like, for the three people that are going to laugh at you for your new hobby or something, you'll probably have like 70 other friends and acquaintances that are supportive like James was and was like, Hey man, good for you for like taking a crack at something or like good for you for just like putting it out there, what you're passionate about and like not being afraid to just be yourself in the world. Cause most people respect that. Right. So yeah, absolutely, I, man. I think it's just like, it's something that you and I have both been like, like, yeah, you should be that. But we, we do it to ourselves all the time. I'm the same way. Like, like I've talked to people where, where they're like, like, what do you do? And I'm like, no, it's like, it's kind of like this thing on the internet that I do. And they're like, what does that mean? And then like, it takes like some, like some prodding for me to be like, I make YouTube videos and I do this stuff. And it's just like, totally, man. But like now, like I gotta be at somebody like after just saying that to you, it's just like, yeah, like I'm going to be proud of all the stuff that I'm into because it's not something that just anyone can do. Like you you have to have like the knowledge and like the the work ethic and the drive to like want to do these things. And I'll never make anyone else feel less for the things that they're into, even if they're into the Kardashians. If someone talked to me about curling, I don't give a shit about curling and I'm never going to go pay for curling. But like if someone was like clearly into it and they were like going on about it, I'm going to engage them because I'm still just like, Ooh. I'm happy for you in that thing that you're into. Okay, so when you say this about curling, what does that mean? And I would just get yeah. them to explain more to me or be like, okay, cool. So what does that mean for you if you're able to do it on this day or like you get to the championship? Like what's after that? And then I loved it. Like exactly the same as you said, I love hearing people be p super ultra passionate about something. Exactly. Anything, because I would rather hear you yammer on about like the coolest parts of doing dog shows than have you talk to me about something that clearly doesn't interest you. So or that you hate everything. Right. Or, or you're like, yeah, I work this job. It kind of sucks. It's really dumb. I don't really like it. Oh, what do you do in your spare time? I don't know. I guess sleep till I go back to my shitty job. It's like, yeah, nobody wants to talk to you ever. Right? Yeah. But if you can get excited and stoked about literally anything, I will want to talk to you about that thing. Absolutely. Exactly. I'll ask questions about it. I think a few years back too, I went through this like dawning of realization similar to the cosplay event. I went through a phase in my 20s where I was like, I can't have as much nerdy stuff in my living room. I can have nerdy stuff in my bedroom, maybe, but I can't have nerd stuff all over my living room because, like, I bring girls over. And, like, in my wise old age, I litter my whole living space with nerd shit because I'm just like, what am I going to do? Trick her into thinking I'm not a giant dork for all of 10 minutes till she walks to the bedroom and then sees my Spider-Man poster? Like, What's the fucking point? Just be yourself. Don't, you know, like, and not just with girls or the opposite sex or the same sex, if that's what you like, but just with people in life. Yeah, just like be any yourself. significant other. It's just be like, yourself. 
like if you like the only thing that you're doing is you're harming yourself when you try to hide yeah. that side of yourself and you're like i'm just gonna do whatever i can to appease this person and you're gonna find yourself very quickly unfulfilled unhappy and you're gonna just resent that person because you're gonna be yeah. like i don't give a shit about another hiking spot i don't care like i just like i want to stay home and play video games but you don't want them to know that and then like they find your your playstation or your xbox and like you have one of these <laughs> yeah i just uh i don't know like uh, it was buy one get one free at walmart and some dude gave it to me i don't know like <laughs> I, I used it to watch sports dvds uh, just yeah. highlights in sports my buddy left it here actually uh, yeah it's not even mine oh uh, fucking just get over it i had the most respect for some random girl on tinder the other day because her profile was literally like the start of her profile was like i don't fucking want to go hiking ever i don't even like going outside much that was like the first bit of her profile and i was like you're doing it you're just being you and like yeah. you're just being like you know what? like fuck fuck what other people think about my lifestyle because somebody will will like the same lifestyle as you and you'll attract your tribe right yeah don't worry about what people think if they don't like what you're doing and you don't want to hang out with them it's not it's not the right person and yeah like i think it's, yeah. it's worth it the, like because We've done it. We've done it all. Like I don't. I don't want to brag, but like it's like. <laughs> but it's like yeah. Like we've done it all. Like it. Like when you get up there in age, when you start getting in your in your thirties, uh, you've you've lived you live life, people. Um, and yeah, when you have literally nothing in common with a person, and all it is 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 this, and this doesn't hold up. Like it's just like you're like. I want to talk about uh, the meaning of Dark Souls for three hours with somebody. And I don't want it to just be going into, like, a brick wall. That's not going to give me anything back. I, like, I don't want to go to the beach with you and your sister an hour out of town. We live on a lake. We could have just gone outside. You know, like, it's yeah. like, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I really hate that idea of just like faking your way through situations that you just genuinely don't enjoy. And there's there's a point of like, I do get like sometimes you go do something for your loved ones because you care about them. So your girlfriend's like, let's you want to share this an movie. experience. Yeah. And you're like, I don't really care about this movie, but she really does. She's passionate about it, like the curling thing. So now I want to go because she's passionate about it. She's excited. I get that. But if your entire relationship is you doing that, and like they never do that for you back or there's no thing in the middle that you both are stoked about you're fucked you're just yeah. you're fucked you know yeah. what you, you know, know what now. i you know what i think you're i want to do you're done you're not no queen um is i can't remember what fucking movie it was it wasn't goodfellas it wasn't casino it was one of those movies it was i think it's like a bronx tale is what it's called um, bronx tale is good uh, um where he's like He's like, well, how do I know she's a good chick? And he's like, you know how you tell? He's like, this is how you tell. He's like, you know exactly where I'm going with this. That he's is like, Bronx Tale. That is Bronx Tale. Yeah. Yes. He's like, yeah. I'm going to give you the keys to my caddy. He's like, you're going to let me drive your caddy? He's like, yeah, go pick her up. He's like, all right. He's like, get out, open the door for her. 
let her in. Be a gentleman. He's like, and then walk around the back of the car. And he's like, why? And he's like, because you're going to watch and see if she opens the door for you on the other side. If she doesn't, she's a selfish broad. Kick her out. And that be that. <laughs> and he's like, but if she does, then you know she's legit. And I wonder if anyone would pass that fucking test in these times. I don't think they would. I don't think I've ever had a single girl lean over and open my car door for me in my entire life. I think yeah. that's extreme, extremely old fashioned for one thing. Um, also, who's going to yeah. get in your car like? the first date like they're gonna be like no like i've watched too much date time like, honestly, like yeah, in, this, in this day and age well he's also a kid so like yeah. at that age the girl's just stoked that you have a car so yeah. yeah they would it's better than your parents driving you guys to the movies so that's yeah. great uh but yeah no as an adult woman if like i like i'm like hey never met before get in my vehicle and you do it then like you are an adventurous soul yeah, you are. You I don't know if that are. was a smart move. Like I, yeah. uh, like I definitely for you. Like, but like, like I wouldn't kill you because I'm not a serial killer, but yeah. I could have been. I could <laughs> have been. That's right. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, yeah, man. I think you know, like this. We, we've gotten a little off base here, but <laughs> I think I think the message of today's podcast to kind of just wrap things up and put a bow on them here, you know. Yeah. Is that be yourself? Yes. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. All right. Uh, Jay Retro, do you have anything to plug or anything we should look forward to before we wrap this up? Honestly, I spent so much goddamn time making that Batman costume that I just like have not done anything on my YouTube channel in a while, which is the only downside of having worked on the Batman costume. Uh, but I do have I've been I've been brainstorming. I've been brainstorming. I've got some ideas. I think I'm going to diversify the content a little bit on the YouTube channel. So it's I've got got a couple ideas for possible ongoing uh, series is series series I a video continuing series of certain topics that I think I'm going to enjoy talking about. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to make some more content again. Actually, I think I needed a little bit of a battery recharge, but now now there's some light bulbs lighting up about some stuff that I think I'd actually be stoked to make. So that's gonna be fun. I don't know what Twitch lately. I don't know what Twitch. Twitch is the one that I feel like I'm kind of. I'm always like on the fence of pulling a U and just backing out of Twitch altogether. Um, if Twitch, if you're listening, it's not your fault. I just put too many things on my plate. I don't actually really have any beefs with the platform. I just literally always bite off more than I can chew. I'm like playing soccer, playing in a band, doing cosplay, doing the YouTube thing. So, and I work full time. So I'm an idiot. And I just like, I pull a Jim Carrey. Yes, man. And every time somebody comes to me and is like, do you have time for this? I'm like, yeah, cause I want to yeah. do everything. Uh, so yeah, I think sometimes I just need to, need to hone in on one or two and concentrate. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely be making some new YouTube content. I think by next week's episode, I'll have some details, some more to tell you, but in the meantime, follow me on the things and then you'll find out about it. You know, we got some things right there on the screen. You can follow all them social medias at jfree 86, hit me up twitch.tv j underscore retro 86 and youtube.com slash j retro man that was a smooth transition that oh, literally dude. came up on my screen <laughs> at precisely the time that i said it that was beautiful hey sometimes and, you land you land tricks that you have no uh point in landing and yeah it happens. Abs <laughs> absolutely just like beautiful dismount by an amateur there i gotta yeah. tell you and so i'm gonna throw it over to jimmy because i want to know what he has coming he up for you guys this week because he's been he's been working hard in the lab He's, yeah. He hasn't been making Batman suits all week. He's been working hard. 
yeah um i kind of i agree with your sentiment there like especially when you're a creative individual and you sign up for so many things it's really easy to get diluted and like when you're trying to like invest yourself in so many different things and sometimes it's good to just like kind of clump the most important ones together and then just really devote your time to a few ones rather than so many for those of you out there who are able to like upkeep uh, a Twitter, an Instagram, a Facebook, a TikTok, a Snapchat, a YouTube channel, a Twitch channel, good for you. You're killing it. I'm happy With for you. With a job and a functioning and a social life and yeah. a full time partner and probably a kid or like, yeah, that's amazing. You're amazing. Good on you. Incredible. I'm barely able to do one of those things. So, <laughs> like, for me, I've, I like the idea of Twitch. And I think it's cool. I still kind of prefer it for the streaming than YouTube. But for me, like, I like that I'm just dedicating everything to YouTube. So that's why I've been streaming on YouTube. That's like, even though the Twitch experience is better, I just like that I don't have to like put myself on so many different platforms and and be like a whole other handle. And yeah, exactly. I get Um, it. Yeah. uh, Make sure you follow me on Twitter, Twitter uh, at Fornitron. I try to tweet every now and then. You know what? It's funny. It's like, like you look up like how to grow on Twitter and it's like, oh, you got to like, you got to post at certain times of the day. You got to post so many times during the day. And you're like, that is all bullshit because the people that have like hundreds of thousands of followers, like you look at their tweets and they'll, they'll just tweet like the dumbest bullshit. They'll just be like, isn't chocolate great? And people will get like 50,000 likes for that. And you're just like, it's not because they posted at a certain time of day or like they do a certain amount of posts. It's just that they're popular or they've got like an audience. Well, I was going to say lots of them have brought that audience to Twitter from elsewhere. Right. Yeah. So if you're already huge on YouTube or you're already big on actual television or movies, obviously, if you're famous in really any capacity, people are going to just like suck the teat of every tweet that you ever post. Right. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, it's the, Oh my God. Ellen DeGeneres said that she likes toast 8 million likes. Right. So like, whatever. I guess people are sour at Ellen now. Only 7,000 million likes. (laughs) Yeah. So what I would say to anybody is it's like, don't worry about that shit. Um, I'm so guilty of this. I always try to rush things and I always just like feel like I should be growing at a certain rate. But this game, this whole thing is a marathon Um, and it's it's longevity. So as long as you continue to semi-frequently make content, like you will naturally attract your audience and then it'll snowball. So at first the snowball builds really slowly, but eventually like it starts rolling at a really good rate. So that's, that's my advice. So I'm all in on YouTube here. So youtube.com versus Forentron. Um, this weekend I was doing some demon souls on PS3 speed runs and I beat my PB even after two years of not speed running it. And I did it like on my fifth try, uh, my personal best before was one hour and 24 minutes. I got a 118, baby. Um, I don't know if I'll do, do more speed runs this weekend or maybe I'll play another game, but I got a video posting tomorrow. It'll be my uh, Trek to Yomi uh, uh, impressions. Um, I'm going to watch that one. That sounds tight. I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, but other than that, that is it. Uh Anything else before we wrap this up? I'm just going to say, you know, I think the most important thing that we touched on tonight is absolutely if there's something that you have been sitting, keeping it on your back burner and being like, man, I've always kind of wanted to to do this thing. And maybe you're sheepish of what other people will think, or maybe you're just doubting yourself. Just just start. Just start doing 
whatever that thing is, right? We've talked about that before with content. It's like, hey, make some YouTube videos. Your first ones are going to suck. And that's okay, Terrible. right? Yeah. They're going to be awful. And I'm sure like in two years from now, no matter how good that was for a first attempt, I'll look back at that Batman costume and be like, oh my God, that blows compared to what I did after two years of working on it or something. That's just any hobby you're ever going to start. But I always remember when I was in university, uh, one of my writing professors was like the best advice that I ever got on writing was just writers write. Writers don't sit around in coffee shops talking about how they want to work on a novel or they're planning a novel or they're trying to write a novel. They sit in a coffee shop writing a fucking novel, right? So, like, even if you just write one page a day, he used to say, just write one page a day. And then you can actually look yourself in the mirror and be like, hey, I'm a writer because I wrote some shit today, right? And, yeah, you want to be a content creator? Create some content. You want to take a crack at cosplay? Go take a crack at cosplay. You want to try to write a movie? Go start on a script. And the first one's probably going to suck, but you will be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, hey, I'm doing it. I'm doing that thing that I wanted to do, that I was scared to start. And we won't know because that's not how life works, but we'll be proud of you anyways. We will be proud of you anyways. Um, The only other thing I got to say is Baba Bluey. Have a good night, everybody. We're going to head out of here. <laughs> yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for the show tonight. The Sword Man, as always. Anyone watching in the live chat, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Anyone watching later, we appreciate you as well. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>